Hello, okay. I'm sorry, we God are damn it. See, it's what we don't Hi, I'm just working on What did I do? I haven't memorized Have you ever heard of Last Thursdayism? It's a thought experiment about reality and creation ex nihilo. That the universe, all of it, and uh, everyone everywhere inside of it, and its long history, all we know about all that's ever happened, everything we remember and your childhood memories and mine, were all made just last Thursday sounds funny until you start trying to prove they're wrong. Because <laughs> see, what you see is what you get because what you see is all you've got. We make it up ourselves, our heads. When we touch a table, we feel it beneath our fingertips only. Science tells us that what we're touching is mostly empty space between atoms. Well, we actually feel is only electricity stimulated by our nervous system's interaction with another electromagnetic field, generating electrical signals that travel to our brain, which weaves each new thread of sensorial information into an illusory tapestry we lay over the chaotic electromagnetic cacophony all of us are stumbling around inside. We uh, coat reality with a thin layer of our minds, fabricate a fictive, solid, knowable something around ourselves based solely on five faulty sensory organs barely off the evolutionary assembly line in the cosmic perspective. And we tell ourselves that this handful of sand is the real deal. That this orange is actually orange. Only it isn't. Orange is the wavelength of light refused entry into the various electromagnetic atom matrices clustered in that concave cluster of atoms and empty space we call a fruit bowl. So that wavelength, which we call orange, is reflected off those spheres of mostly empty space and are refracted through the lenses of our eyes during which the pattern we're receiving is inverted onto an alternating field of sensory antennae we call rods and cones which transmit electric nerve impulses into our brains and it's inside our brains that the inverted image is translated back upright and the mostly empty space is filled in to define the parameters of our so-called world and the mental construct we call color is applied to the electromagnetic information whose presence we've been informed of by our optic sensors we don't experience reality we make it inside our heads and translate it out onto the world. Our minds build maps for us to play this game on, but a map is not the land it represents. A menu is not the meal. And orange isn't orange. It's everything except orange, so to speak. Our perception of its visual nature being the only wavelength reflected away from it. An orange, in reality, is blue. Or, a level deeper, 
and oranges no color at all because color is just interpretive electricity generated in our nervous system as a result of interaction with various configurations of electromagnetic fields in an unknowable external reality, a construct that exists only inside our minds. Color doesn't exist the same way language doesn't exist. Without our lips to speak them, there are no words. These are filters with which reality is coded on its way in. Reality is smeared with language, slick and slimy with corrupted mistranslations born within the lively electric soup and raw meat in our heads. Or, a level deeper, there is no orange at all. Only empty space, buzzing with sparse particles, and the stories our neural nets mutter to us in the lightless black prison where our consciousness is. Where we live. You've never seen an orange. I've never seen an orange. You've never seen anyone you've ever known. Think about that, man! Jim? Jim, have you seen my copy of Lieber Nolly's Psychonaut? I've been looking for it. What are you doing? Uh, I am, uh, recording a trailer. Jim, I... Are you wearing a ceremonial robe? Is that my ceremonial robe? No. Jim, what are you doing? A trailer. With my copy of Lieber Null? Yeah, and, uh... Cosmic Trigger. And Book of Lies. How long have you been up here reading these? I told you I'm recording a trailer. How long have you been recording a trailer? Um, three days. It smells like weed in here. I'm so high. I was just about to explain uh, the Demiurge and the Monad and um, the Don't simulated worry, nature of reality. Why don't you go take a break? Yeah. Yeah, I feel weird. <laughs> you kind of depended, man. You go find Bird, have her help you with the banishing, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hi, listener. Wow. Um, looking at the books of mine Jim's pulled, I, uh, I can only imagine what kind of craziness he just laid on you. Um, looks like mostly books on the occult, Gnosticism, Chaos Magic. Well, look, uh, I don't know what he just put you through, but just, just know it's all true. None of it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks, the film appreciation podcast that spins favorites. I'm Carl Hartley. God damn it, dude. You do it on purpose. <laughs> what did I do? You said spins favorites. Well, because we say spins <laughs> no, we to say each pull. other. No, you and I say spin. I, I say right there. Oh, my God. I don't God. look at it because I, I haven't ju- memorized, but apparently not. <laughs> I'm Max Peterson. Why is it plays? We are joined. Can we change it to spins? We are joined in I'm the gonna, studio. I'm going to change By it. video handyman. Oh, my God. Morgan. Dude, I love this. Okay, I even made fun of exactly this with John because I had to intro the show so I fucked up the film word oh, on purpose funny. and I'm like my joke was I'm like it's always the same word it's he never makes any other mistakes it's just that one and then today you nailed films and I leaned back like <laughs> today's the day it's and then he goes funny. spins favorites I'm like it's like what? a sentence it's one sentence and then his name I love no but I love it dude never change 
Hi. Hi. Who are you again? You said your name already. Well, I'm here. I, this is actually an intervention. It's like a marriage. Thank you. Yeah. For you two. I appreciate After so that. many episodes. Appre- yeah. They appreciate it. It's the 500 it. episode. Um, oh, we got a, we, this is the first of many special guest episodes that we have scheduled for this month. Yeah. Uh, a two part series that we are doing with very special guest Jeffrey Tiberius Morgan. <laughs> The, the uh, third or fourth, I always forget. You're a lo- third time now. Third, third yeah. yeah, third time. Oh, I we love it. Did uh, Swiss Army Man? Swiss Army Man and folklore. <laughs> yeah, folklore. Fuck yes, yes. dude. Top Gold. five oh, favorite episodes legendary. of all time. Was An absolute folklore. legendary episode. Super glad to be back. I, I, I was happy. My wife's like, "What is wrong with you today? You're happy. You're making <laughs> jokes." What's you're smiling and I'm like I'm going on measuring flicks and I'm so excited and she's like oh you have friends and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. close enough when did this happen yes where do you have the time to be making these friends Jeff never has a second cup of coffee no <laughs> <laughs> I just need to be sharp today right <laughs> that's that's actually one thing that I always like having special guests on for is you are your enthusiasm for film always comes across in, mm-hmm. the, in the episodes we've done with you in the past which I adore. And then, like, with Michelle Perez, she just likes being able to say fuck into a microphone. <laughs> right. right. She spends so much of her life. Radio, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now I keep hearing that all the radio people just want to come and swear Pretty on Pretty much show. everyone at the both. Um, you can just say anything you want. Radio stations like, in town, like, let me, let me get in there so I can say, can I say damn it? Can I say, yeah. Of course you can say <laughs> damn it. Can I say Poop. Yeah, ironically, the only thing we can't do is play music on here because we'll get sued <laughs> right, because right, of copyright. Right. So, you know, we, we trade one for the other. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it. I would much rather swear than than be able to play like the Pusher by Steppenwolf. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> um, so before we, I want to yeah. dive right into this movie because yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be a lot of smoochy sounds. It's gonna Probably. there's gonna be some long hugging that happens. I think so. Um, so let's get the, all the business out of the way. If you like what we do, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to Patreon.com/slash Quillandfilm. Q U I L L A N D F I L M. I'm not positive which. Jeff Morgan episode is going to go on Patreon because I thought it was going to be this on Patreon and Yojimbo for the main season. But now I watched this movie and I'm like, no, the world needs to know about Dark City. So I think Dark City main season and Yojimbo for the deep cuts film nerds because it's fully support this Kurosawa black and white, you know, like everybody. Yeah. Yojimbo people have seen. Sure. Yeah. 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 This movie. Oh, my God. It flew under the radar because the movie that came out the year after it. Yeah. Uh, or two years after it. The Matrix. What, yeah. this two, one? No, yeah. this one, isn't this one 88? Nope, 98. 98? Mm. Uh, yeah. Did I misread yeah. that? This came out the year that I was in boot camp because I double featured this with Gattaca on my Liberty call from boot camp Actually, when I graduated. Wow. We have, yeah. we're going to, there'll be a lot of Matrix talk on this episode yeah. because... Man, the Wachowskis owe some money. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually they brought they, yeah they bought the, the sets set. from this movie. Exactly. Yeah, I read that. That was really really cool. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um. So some of the things that you can get over on Patreon.com are bonus episodes, including the Yo Jimbo episode that we'll be doing with Jeff next week. Um. Oh. We just wrapped up our When Harry Met Michael series, full length episodes, and shout outs on the show, which go a little something like this. We would love to thank John Shibe for being on the show recently. Casey Shibe for helping me with all of my stupid legal paperwork, which I'm too stupid to untangle myself. Stian Be, because I said his name wrong for so many weeks in a row. William Rockwood. Daniele Hartelli. Connor Sweeney, who will also be on the show very shortly uh, when we cover everything everywhere all at once. Finally. No spoilers, oh, listener. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it yet, Jeff. Oh, Don't say I anything, baby. Shut your damn mouth. <laughs> but 
that is a point I will bring up later. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, okay. Uh David Rowney, Kelly and Mike Wagner, Brian Jackson, Sister Sarah Hartley, Jeffrey T. Morgan, hey. Katie Clark, Leslie Ty, Baloney Shoes, Mariah Rosado, David Breda, Hunter Watson, Schwaz, and as always, I always put a little bit of extra mustard yeah. on Schwaz. Schwaz. And Schwaz. It's what it's like shawarma. One of the literally <laughs> best nicknames of all time. It is. Schwaz. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Shut up, batch. And then always special shout out holding down the East Coast, I think. I don't know. I heard I maybe Bosnia now. I we, did you know he if he is, moved? I don't know. He might he be can't in, talk about it. He might be in Egypt now. Egypt? Egypt. Well, Kevin Ramirez, either way, thank you so much. Wow. M- my amigo. All right. So, what we are talking about today, I've never seen this movie until mm-hmm. this morning. What the fuck? Okay, and I'm gonna. Make, I'm, I'm so glad. I have, by the way, dude, wow. t- that I saw it fresh. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because this, and this is one of those movies that you can't explain much about it. You nope. can only recommend it, mm-hmm. and yep. it brings you joy to share it with other. Oh people my god, it's so for true. The first, so I got to watch it last night for, again with my sons for the first time. Wow. My team. So, so I'm so excited to hear what you dude, thought, dude. I, I have so many mea culpas to do. Bird has okay. Well, we'll get into it in, in just a second. But I watched the director's cut. Director's you guys, cut. I watched. I only the director's cut so I watched the original cut you just in the case theatrical. but I know them both okay nice. yeah. yeah so we I, we've all I'm glad s- you watched the director's we're, cut I think better. we're, we're ta- we'll talk about the director's cut and you can pepper in some mm-hmm. theatrical cut stuff because there are a few differences and mm-hmm. the director's cut is longer in the best way I wanted it to be even longer mm-hmm. um, but we are talking about 1998's Dark City Directed by Alex, is it Proyas? Proyas. Proyas. Directed mm-hmm. by Alex Proyas, also the director of The Crow, mm-hmm. which is funny because as soon as the movie started, I'm like, man, this looks Ooh, like the like, city like from The, the Crow. Crow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Detroit on fire. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like is it Devil's Night yeah. somewhere? But oddly, <laughs> that slow pan down, it you can also see Metropolis all over the mm, set, yeah. kind of like German yeah. Expressionist well, it's like, vibes. Yeah. It's like yes. Gilliam Ilk. Yes, sort of dude. Thing. It's very, yeah. um, it's very Brazil. Brazil. Yes, have, yeah, exactly. I was having the same thoughts. I have, ger- <laughs> I have German expressionism in there, the Brazil vibe, and and this kind of like I was also thinking it's almost like this unsung comic book movie. Be- totally. Like, totally. Back, you know what I mean? You look at like the crow, like people are always like, oh, it's the best comic book movie of all time. Is it Avengers or blah blah blah? And I'm like, yeah, it's like, fucking probably, the crow. Yeah. You know, and like you know, yeah, the, and, dude, it, for, the crow is fucking solid. If you haven't, have you seen the new Batman with Robert? Pattinson? Oh yes, absolutely. The Batman is my favorite yeah. modern superhero absolutely. movie. Sure. But of the OGs, right, dude, the right. crow and, all and, day and long. And thinking of when it came out, how much ground they were they were breaking with the crow and dude, stuff totally. like that. Like even it, even it, like, today, broke people. Like yeah. They never seen anything. It like, like that invented for a late stage goth. It really, really <laughs> did, and a good soundtrack. Oh, oh dude, like burn. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, when burn plays, I'm just like. <laughs> the next hour brought to you by the crow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, legitimately right, for right. sure. Um, so let me run through the cast list really quick. Actually, but, but I like this better than the crow. You know what? I'm. It's a close thing. Yeah, but I saw the crow at like. 12 years old so mm. it was like one of those and I just like I watched The Crow I immediately read the James O'Barr gra- yes, comic book yes. which is phenomenal yeah. so like that was such a seminal movie for me that this morning but I'm t- I'll say this I also think I like this better than The Crow wow. I might I can't say it because I watched it this morning, but th- I think Dark City is in my top ten movies of all time. It's in it's in mind. Holy shit, is this movie good? Um, screenplay uh, story by Alex Proyas. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, screenplay by Lem Dobbs and David S. Goyer, and then this cast 
is Sick, just dude. top to bottom. I just only have one chick in the armor, but it's fine because I always have to because I'm an asshole. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll be curious to hear because mm-hmm. I was in, I was just like was watching it going. There is not a weak thing here. That's so what curious, I thought. I was I was blown away. Okay. Um, okay. Rufus, no, no, it's good. No, no, it's fun. Yeah. Rufus uh, Sewell yep. as John Murdoch. Um, I, I did peek at your note. I yeah. saw your Rufus Sewell note, and I, I'm like, I had the same fucking thought. I'm like, the fact that they always make him a villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When and you see him in this, you're yeah. like, dude, he's what a disservice yeah. to the man. Yeah. William Hurt as Frank Bumstead. Uh, Kiefer, I know, all, Mr. Altered States himself. Um, right. Kiefer Sutherland do, as Dr. Schrieber. Jennifer Conley as M, Emma Murdoch. Richard O'Brien as Mr. Hand and... Dude, when you see Riff Raff rolling in as... The fuck? Holy shit, dude. So good. And Ian Richardson as Mr. Book. There's a shitload of other people in yes. this, but that's kind of the core. Yeah. Um, yeah, who's the chink in your armor? I want to know. Because I oh, would right say largely largely top to bottom, even yeah. including the supporting actors, I, 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 I feel like there's, there is nobody who is off note. Everybody feels very committed. So I'm very sure. curious because... Well, I I don't know if okay, so it's key for Sutherland. I think really, yeah, you monster. I have, well, <laughs> I know. Do you want to leave, Jeff? <laughs> no, no, I'm going to sit closer to Max here. No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's this Talk is a me. this is a me problem. Okay. It's not a key for Sutherland problem. Okay, because okay. I love Kiefer, man. Mm. Grew up with the guy, not personally, but like watching <laughs> like the Lost Boys and yes. Flatliners yeah. and shit. Sure. Oh my god! <laughs> but it's I you guys want to watch more movies. Let's make this yeah, a four movie. Oh, I would love to. I just you know how I am. I don't like any. I just, uh, it's again, it's me problem. I no, don't like it don't when an actor excuses, does like do a, thing. it does like an affectation that's overused and sometimes just really broad. Okay. And he does the <laughs> thing a lot. The voice. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, uh, I feel like it's a little, not always, but sometimes I feel like it's a little bit practiced and, and, and out of, it just pulls me out of. It's not all the time, but occasionally I'm just like, dude, like, so let me, you're doing let, good work. You have a defense of the I, voice? I have, a, I have a, an, a, a different lens for you to look at it. Perfect. Okay. One, it's great that he's not playing the tough guys that he would go on to do. 100%. It's so fun yeah. to see that. Yeah. And, and also not playing the heartthrobs that he had used to Correct. play, too. Yeah. <laughs> Measuring flip side quest, 24. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Jack Bauer. La- all right. la- oh, my God. Yeah, that would be different. Last night was the first time that I watched it through where I was like, wow, this is the best off-Broadway play I've ever seen this movie is it is uh, an original like 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 1930s monster movie yeah. you know like like uh, uh, you know like that kind of like black and white vibe low budget kind of I mean not, it's a little not, bit it, the big sleep it's like yeah so like, yeah, I, like so I'm looking at his performance that is surrounded by a cacophony of Fast edits, um, lots you know, overbearing music, lots of stuff going on, stacked focus, times clipping like crazy. Yeah, like, the fastest. So fastest he's cutting through. So I'm just kind of wondering right. if he's like he's the um, uh, the who's the, Igor. A little bit like, yes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the vibe but, I totally yeah. got, and I feel like it was not necessarily out of place. It's just every once in a while, I felt like it was. Yeah, like I, I unnecessary got or leaned into a little bit too much. Sure. I don't know. That's the vibe I got from the performance was than... the Nazi torturer from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, oh, yeah. Let yeah. me show. Well, maybe you that was sort of like rattling to. around my head, and I'm like, why are you doing the? Here's why I like the voice, and the reason is because of his big reveal at the end yes. of why mm-hmm. he is the way he is. Yes. They needed his knowledge as a scientist, his scientific knowledge, but he was forced to Everything else erase the yeah. rest of his mm-hmm. life and personality and existence. So, like, this is a severely brain damaged dude, and the way that he approaches speech is 
essentially unemotional. Right. Like the reason right. that he has these clipped sentences, it's like packages of words that he can deliver, or like lines of text, or yeah. like elements of an equation that he's spitting and out at you. And the memories that were inserted into he doesn't, he doesn't have it. No. In the in the memories where he's inserted, he's that right. Kiefer Sutherland. So it's an he interesting. He doesn't even have his eyes. No, he doesn't. The whole thing. Right. And yeah. and I think and I think we're not supposed to like him. And I do think it's heavy handed by today's standards. For sure. Which but is, I think. Yeah. You know where where Proyas is like making these bold decisions. The performance. Sorry, just to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. Yeah, and where and Proyas is making these bold decisions, and you look at it across. It's it's almost this thing where like if if one or two of these people were making these bold performances, they would stick out like sore thumbs. Sure. But he's pulling everything he can out of everybody. It's an interesting question because right. it would be a thing to it would be it's interesting to look back and say, Well, what if he played it dialed back? Right. Like, like Well, everyone you know. else is pretty dialed back. This is very subtle. Like like John Hurt is very That's true. Like That's everyone true. like Connelly Connelly's kind of sleepy. Subtle, Not yeah. sleepy. It's like it's just at that borderline yeah. of if they pull it back anymore, it'd be boring, but it isn't. There's a subtle, but cool, I- like but, but I think that's correct. I think that's important. Because the other guy the other enough. guy who doesn't play the only three people who don't play Subtle and small are John Murdoch, Emma Murdoch, and um, what, what, what uh, the police officer Walensky. Walensky. Because, Walensky. because yeah. everyone else is dreaming. Right. These, yeah, they're these snoozy. People, these they're, people are awake, so they're fucking they're in the moment. Shit, yeah. yeah, dude. Like when, like, like my one of my favorite characters in here is Frank Bumstead because we get to see the process of him. We're going to talk a lot about Gnosticism in this episode. Oh, my God, yeah. But, uh, Define Gnosticism. 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 So, Gnosticism, well, we, we talked about it a little bit. Um, Jacob's it, Ladder. It, yeah, lot. with Jacob's Ladder, and it always comes up whenever the Matrix pops up, of which course. I will stop doing because this is just the Matrix, but better and a year earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the Matrix is just Dark City, but... Um, with Kung sim- Fu. With Kung Fu and simulation <laughs> theory. That's yeah. the only difference yeah. between the two. Um, I... I vastly prefer this, and I love The Matrix. That yeah. movie oh, yeah. fucking oh. rocks, yeah. but this movie is way better. <laughs> um, so Gnosticism, for those of you who don't know, are, uh, it's a pre-Christian philosophy that essentially uh, postulates that there is a there is a God and a, and a, a creator of this universe, but eons and eons ago, that God went mad, went insane, and a small portion of, the, of that being's consciousness, which they per- typically call Sophia— the feminine element of God splits away from his dreaming and insane mind and penetrates into the world that we all live in. You, you, me, Carl, Mm -hmm. everybody. And this world is created by a malevolent dark entity called the Demiurge. The Demiurge, uh, the Christians often equated the Gnostic Christians, um, often equated that with the devil. Mm -hmm. So we all, the dude that we all worship when, you know, okay, all the Catholics go to church, Mm -hmm. the Gnostics believed that they were all worshiping the devil and that the devil had created this world to trap our essential soul essence, which were small fragments of Sophia on the material plane. And Mm -hmm. he used a series of what we would call demonic underlings called archons, which would be like Mr. Hand, Mr. Sleep, those kind of people. So the archons, man, I know Mm -hmm. it's fucking, I dude, Gnosticism is probably like my favorite occult side quest of all time. (laughs) So the uh, album name for it. Yeah, dude, it's, it's a fascination of mine. So the archons, uh, depending on what sources you read, there's seven or 12 or nine, you know, there's a, a lot of times they correspond with the planets, Mm -hmm. but, The Archons are like his mechanics on the material plane. And what they primarily do is operate in such a way as to try and keep 
humans, you can think of it as being on like the wheel of reincarnation. They don't want you to reach nirvana or put more uh, directly. The idea is to keep our soul essence in this material plane. They don't want us to escape and, and transcend. Like yeah. So the Gnostics believe that the only way that you could transcend the material plane and escape the false reality created by the Demiurge, which you can see like the whole false reality thing. And yep. then there's a real world simulation theory that fits perfectly. So, yes. you know, we see mm-hmm. why the matrix is there, but, um, uh, they believe that the only way that you could uh, go beyond this false re- this false world was through a process called gnosis. The the moment of gnosis is often described as a head click. The moment that you realize something is mm-hmm. wrong, okay, and that like this like a shoe untied, <laughs> like a shoe untied. I mean, the my favorite example in here is this coffee swirl. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's killer. But like um. Or like the deja vu. The mm-hmm. deja vu is the gnosis moment in the matrix. In the matrix right. So like um, you can also, it's also tied to a, pros, or a, a, a phenomenon called anamnesis. And anamnesis, this is a Philip K. Dick thing. Um, anamnesis is a, a often described as a mental illness in this false reality of right. ours. Right. But anyway, um, anamnesis is a moment of absolute understanding of everything in the entire universe. Like there can be only one Highlander, sort of. Like I know everything, I am everything. It's not just that. Like the way Philip K. Dick described it was, <clears throat> it's that f- the famous, uh, the Jesus fish necklace, you know, mm-hmm. he opens the door and he sees this girl's necklace and a beam of light shot into his forehead. This is how Philip K. Dick describes it. And in the, as that beam struck his forehead, he had total knowledge of all wow. reality creation in the universe. And he spent literally mm-hmm. the rest of his life writing the exegesis to try and explain it. So that's anamnesis. No, uh, gnosis or the moment of gnosis is often described as similar. It's like the, mo- the first time that you ever look out at the world around you and go like, I'm not sure this is... Really? You, know, yeah. you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a more cynical um, uh, moment of enlightenment, or or you know, like mm-hmm. like like when you transcend, you know, in like a Buddhist type religion, yeah, right, yeah. Like thing. But it sounds like a more cynical, like well, like, like a darker tinge. Right. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah. How it is, not how I want it to be. A more ominous, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like so enlightened is in darkened in a way. Seeing yeah. through the nature of things. One common thing that people use to describe, like, there's a lot of uh, modern Gnostics who use things like um, the Mandala effect. Mm-hmm, yep. Like people are like, yeah. that thing fucks me up. I can't it's even so discuss good. it. Berenstein, so Berenstein. Yeah. Like yeah. that yeah. gets people a lot. Um, one of my favorite. Like, this is a pet theory of mine. Oh, um, this is like I, one <laughs> thing that me out, dog. Because I like thinking. Because I think there is a movie called Shazam that had Shaq in it. (laughs) I I know, right? (laughs) Like, I remember seeing that as a kid, but it's not, though. No, Mm. I know. There isn't. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Anywho, so we're well now. You guys all have a baseline. As we go through this, we can continue to talk about it because this film is so fucking gnostic. So, and if I may, so because yeah. I have some of this stuff like to stop me from going on and on about. It, I'm going to get a like a like a uh, a pre ramble out of the way here. <laughs> apology it. because no. I, like oh. it was interesting revisiting this movie. I was like, is this a movie that I really loved, or is it because it's perfectly wired to be like one of my favorite movies of all time? And I do think it it holds up incredibly well it's great but like my favorite things in the world are are noir settings oh my god mm-hmm. science fiction mm-hmm. that kind of cerebral mind fuck journey Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, obviously. No one has come close in all of the history of cinema to being in my heart like Jennifer Connelly to the point where my wife saw this and she's like, is that your girlfriend again? You're like, yes, yes, it <laughs> is. Yep, it is. She's like, okay. Um, the uh, um, uh, the kind of like rich voices, the vo- different kind of oh voicing in 
and stuff in this, like, yes. you know, of, of different people. The, having a lounge Sound singer, which is just Jennifer Connelly times two. And oh, then, dude. Yeah. But, a, a good lounge singer scene, oh, though. just mm. gets me. We get but, two of them. And then, yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and Not then her the singing. And then the, right. and the director's commentary, or the director's cut, it is her singing. And is it? And the original cut, it's not. And, and so, yeah. So, so it was guys, her yep. singing. Yes. So, but and, but don't move more than anything, and again, a little ahead of its time, and not unlike The Crow, a very fucking heartbreaking look at mental illness. Yes. Um, the schizophrenia feeling of or dissociative disorder feeling of stepping back one step from the world and seeing everything and not think, knowing what's real and what's not. Mm, right. And it's kind of this cousin to Gnosticism in that dark feeling. And and I just these are these things that that are so inescapable in this movie that um, are my th- my threads that I pull the yeah. whole way through. I got a 12 Monkeys vibe, too. It's mm. a little bit like Bruce Willis goes through time, and like he's the only one that understands the future, but no one believes him. It's that yeah. whole sort of mental illness. Or of, like at the mouth of Am I mentally divergent? Like, I yeah. believe that I, I'm also the emperor of this other planet, but... I'm here with my pink bunny slippers. God, what a funny thing. It's like, yeah, this is like 12 monkeys, but with a a huge dose of heart. A hundred percent. Which feels weird to say, you know, like aesthetically, but it is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of love in this. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I, all of the, I I love all of the stuff with Walensky. Like all the, the, oh yeah. It's like, you get to see essentially three versions of that character in here. Mm -hmm. You see Walensky, the guy who's been pushed too far by what he's seen and can't cope with it. Yep. You see um, John Murdoch, who's woken up into it, and dude, Rufus Sewell's uh, performance when he first wakes up in the mm-hmm. tub. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Just the, I love the, just the, how this movie opens yeah. with him in yeah. a tub, yeah. light swinging. Right. Like, why is that light swinging? Yeah. Someone was just Someone in that was fucking just room. There. What's that thing on the What's floor? What's that thing on the yeah. floor? Right, right. All, and and the crazy colors, the purple the hectic, water. Like, just these aren't my clothes. Are these my clothes? They yeah. might be my clothes. I'm going to put these clothes on. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking it's all incredible, so good. dude. And then Before you all you even see the body. And then you also get to see Frank Bumstead, who is at like the lightest end of that spectrum, yeah. where like mm. even before before he's confronted by Murdoch, and Murdoch's like, "When what's the last memory you have of sunlight? Not a distant mm-hmm. childhood memory, but how about like yesterday? yesterday? Yeah. yeah, like bef- even before you get." Like that that drop in the water You can see him Like when he's talking With Jennifer Conley In the car She's like What's going on And he goes I actually like have no idea. Yep. Like I'm not sure. And he was anymore. and he was originally meant to be the main character of the story. Like, he was. Yeah. In the original concept, the original st- version of it, it was supposed to be the detective pulling at these pieces and and taking oh, it apart. Okay. Oh Thank right, you. I remember the the original script is way different from the right. Re-writes. Right. And there's been yeah, and there were a lot of changes throughout it. I mean, and another thing that was interesting is he um, Proyas was pitching this and bouncing this back and forth with Brandon Lee uh, while they were on the shooting of the, the crow. crow. Oh, and 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 I d- like Brandon Lee was never as good as he was in The Crow. Proyas and him he were were magic. It, yeah. And I would, you know, now would never trade Rufus Sale on this, I, but yeah. what an interesting vibe to go. Yeah. Like, like you see these, it's kind of like we get it with Rob Downey Jr. or Matthew McConaughey where they have these these renaissances. And and I do always get a little misty when I think about the Brandon Lee renaissance that we never quite we got. We never got, right. you know. Yeah, right. But but anyway, yeah. yeah it's, I know. You know. It'd be like if it's, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, knock on wood, I'm no ill, but like if he like died. Right, an accident right. on <clears throat> Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Exactly. Like well, he, we have exactly. three. Dude, he, that's, laser mission showdown in Little Tokyo and the Crow. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Crow is just. We'll do. No that, one yeah. saw that performance. We've never done confirmed. it. That'd be interesting. No. That'd be fun. Yeah, okay. What about this? 
Yeah. What if we do this movie, Yojimbo, and then The Crow, and okay. see what else we got in us? Because if I'm going to talk about yeah. it with anybody, like... Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. You've got yeah. the, the passion yep. for it. Yep. I showed it to Bird, like, two years ago, and she was like, where the fuck was this movie yeah. all my life? I'm yeah. like, I know, it's so you. You want to do shots with bullets with me? Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. Movie, it's and, movie goth. And, and, it, and it gives us a, an excuse to, to set it aside today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, that's yes, true. Yes. Talking. All right, guys, no more talking about The Crow. We got to do... For 10 minutes. There will be nothing for the episode. Sorry, I shouted. Yeah. Yeah, the girls Stay are... tuned for the for the <laughs> other secret episode. All right, um, this is my so just to like go to go to the top. Yeah. This is my favorite flavor of dystopia, mm-hmm. where the world is like Blade Runner. Like Fifth yes. Element is like a little bit too polished, it's cartoony. Mm-hmm. It's a bit. It's it's not like it's not even the cartoony thing. It's like. I like dystopia when shit has gone all the fucking way yeah. sideways. In that hyper style, like Luc Besson was very like, yeah, it, there like, was an art noir deco weird thing going on with that it, French. It right, might. Right. We've done a lot of noir this season yeah, so we far. Have. We've done. We did some bogey ones early oh, on. Nice. We just did Drive, which oh, is like, oh dude, what a what a neo noir. Yeah. And then we get this one, and it's just. We there's no there's no opulence and nope. opera singers. It's mm-hmm. dingy dive bars and yeah. you know mm-hmm. you know court the f- cab fare or the bus fare is a quarter. Yep, right, um, right. That this is this is the vibe. Um, so we open like you said we open with Murdoch in a tub in like with like this slime green floor mm-hmm. and like this violet colored water. And watching watching this dude wake up, it's I said you can see new sensory input hitting his comprehension yeah. in like waves. First one, he opens his eyes and he's like, Oh, I've fallen asleep in the tub. And then his he just like looks around and takes in his surroundings. And then he like jerks up in the tub and he's like, Wait, why am I in the tub? Yeah. And then there's like a a tertiary hit of stuff where he's like, I might be in danger. And that's when he gets his hands up. Like what's happening? He gets his hands up and he gets out of the tub and gets his back against the wall. Like watching it dawn on him in waves. The, the, the other implications of his situation is fucking gold. So from a technique standpoint, one thing I, I, I've always thought about this movie is, and, and, and this, this is, always an insult except for this instance is that it's very cutty and I actually learned like we're doing research the other day that this movie has one of the shortest average cut durations of all movies ever made where it averages a cut every two seconds oh, which shit. is insane but it's yeah. all those montage things but here's the difference that I think it makes it work is they're not cuts from like um, outside during the day to inside at night to this and to that and or like you know blowing up images it's more it's more of a, 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 a kaleidoscopic kind of cutting where, where it's cutting to, through his random emotions like mm-hmm. emotion 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 sure. we're not jumping to something else and so we're right. getting that we're getting force fed his his emotions as he is feeling that Brilliant. and it plays into that very well you know what's wild about that like i wouldn't never have guessed that because a lot of times i become very conscious yeah. of cuts yeah. and i can't not see them once i've realized i'm seeing them yeah i i don't remember seeing a single fucking cut in this movie i, I know which is amazing it feels seamless it, feels like which is amazing. Seamless it defies logic wild. it is definitely one of those things that when you fi- when you realize it then you see it again you're yep. like okay but but it doesn't and my son who watched it my 15 year old and you know he's like it's a, he, at the beginning he's like this feels a little chaotic yeah and, and and then he's like and then later he's like oh i get it right. and it was <laughs> yeah, interesting like, such so fun to watch got smart right. dudes smart over there. dudes smart well dudes. come on was there ever I any mean, doubt yeah. <laughs> but but that's but that's a technical thing that i thought was interesting and the other one i'll point out just because it's uh timely for the 
the swinging light above the um above mm. the, the 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 tub wow my brain um <laughs> one more coffee please the um is uh is the the motivated light source thing where you're only using lamps you're only using light sources that exist and letting everything else fall into shadow right and it allows you to illuminate and highlight the things you want and Proyas is a was a is a very accomplished music video director too right. and it's just like hey you know i don't need to show you walking from the door to the couch i can just show you at the couch but i'm gonna give we understand you the, you got there somehow. yes exactly right, yeah. but i'm gonna give you these insert shots instead and he does not hold back on those like i was looking at this again going like how much time do they spend shooting these memory ingestion scenes like him on the beach him in school him right and that's that probably drove the cuts the that cut time down because some of those memory cuts are like 0.1 seconds you know oh my god but the but the but the uh uh, darius wolski the the dp so uh proyas it it's (laughs) so my favorite directors are proyas michael mann Mm. Hell I watched, yeah! I watched and Collateral today. I was I just know. thinking of Collateral. But, as soon but as wait you for said, this man. last one because you guys might just throw me out the door right now. And Mel Gibson. Um, hey man, totally fair. Okay, good. Solid ass director. Amazing. Apocalypto is awesome. Amazing. Yes, a really exactly. good actor right. as well. Yeah, and totally. it, and it's something. And his style. These these <laughs> these three people have kind of really informed my style and and where I want to go. But the, and it's Proyas's use of darkness and 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 motivated light sources and like letting things be in shadow that really right. just mm-hmm. vibes with me. And, and, and I like the, that you pointed out that it's always like light, like light coming through the window or a lamp on the ground mm-hmm. or a lamp overhead. It's always natural light. And you can, I mean, obviously he's still lighting a little well, bit, of course, but like yeah. you, you don't really feel a lot of movies. You can feel the fill light, right. like right, right. there mm-hmm. or like, okay, we've got the backlight. Here's our sort. Here's our spot. And here's our fill. You like, you can see oh, yeah, the three point light. delineation yeah. of light and shadow. Yeah. That's like very distinct. And, yeah. and it works so well. I mean, we're watching this for the first time and on the, um, on the non-director's cut, there's an opening shot of space and, and Kiefer Sutherland has a voiceover that kind of gives away. Mm-hmm. I hate everything about bit. that. No, but, it, but it's funny. Don't worry. <laughs> about it you know um and, and i but i will say like you can buy the regular cut for 9.99 on amazon you can buy the blu-ray of the of the director's cut for the same price yeah. you know what i mean and, on and Voodoo. Get, Voodoo, 10 bucks for the director's yep. cut really that's yeah. when did you buy it this morning yeah Five you, and, and you can. I get, bought it last night. It was on sale six ninety nine. There you go. God. Sorry, bro. Well, if you get that, and then because <laughs> then if you buy the DVD or Blu Ray, you also get the only uh, commentary track that Roger Ebert ever made for a movie. I read that. Wow. I read that today, and it is a fantastic commentary. I'm gonna buy this on physical media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This it movie, is, I I bought it because it's the only way you can't rent it on Voodoo. So I was this, like, oh, I'll the buy whale it. and cocaine bear. I mean, my only three <laughs> physical <laughs> media <laughs> Cocaine bear. That's so great. You know, another while we're on the the subject of like Prius's style in here I love the use of like letting things be in darkness mm-hmm. or be black like let the blacks be black right. holy hell like why why Please make it like it's dim off. it's fucking black yeah also, it's called Dark City. Yeah, dude. <laughs> right. The use of deep focus in here. Yes. That outstanding. I had I and that led to that feeling of of stage play again for me where it's yeah. like you can look at everything you want and there's not only not, not only deep focus but there's stacked focus where they're taking multiple shots and putting them together there's some split diopter stuff and it and it, everything feels so claustrophobic because yeah. everything Define split focus. diopter for me. Um, so split diopter is a piece of glass that you put over your lens and and it's only over half the lens so that's something 
very close to the lens can be in focus, and something way far away can be in focus. Uh, so it's it, it, it kind of, or a tilt shift lens. Where Spielberg where, used that a lot early in some yes, of his stuff. Yes. Sure. Okay. And, and so it, that's and it, okay. it just allows. So like if you um, maybe you, this won't come to memory, but if you think of Jennifer Connelly's band, all all the pianist, the drummer, and the you know musicians are always in focus, and they're stacked up in this way, and and you know the long shots, you know they're using deep uh, or sorry, you know uh, shallow depth of, or sorry wide depth of field, yeah, small aperture, mm-hmm. and they're uh, you know yeah using this throughout it, and it, it again it really overwhelms the senses mm-hmm. in a great way where you're seeing all these details and there's nothing you know out no never a missed note in the set design or props Dude, of this and but. you have to when you're doing when you're shooting that way you have to like be on your game because yes. otherwise yeah you the mistake is there to look at you can't hide it's behind in, anything it's in clear focus yeah. yeah this the and speaking of like t- taking care with the construction of the world that we're looking at one thing I love, especially from the 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 stand like the stance of this being like a, a Gnostic uh, influenced film, nothing except the last the very last shot is shot on location. Everything is a set. Yeah. Everything is so. This is a fa- entirely fabricated it world. Really, that you is see. just the it's the rat maze. I yeah. read. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I watched. I I did a. I upstairs. I read some of the trivia, but when I was watching, some of my notes are like. The 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 architecture of some of the rooms is like just a tiny bit off. Yep. Like the ceiling will be like sli- slightly slanted yeah. down, or like a corner. Uncle will be Carl's like- house is weird as fuck. Yeah. I mean, yes. hallways that spill into rooms that are angles crowded are wrong. The They're like some of the right weird. angles are actually like. 48 degrees. It's like it was made degrees. on the fly or something yeah. like which it, it was. was. <laughs> no, and that's interesting, right? There. Yeah, and it's like trying to shove all these like the it's the strangers trying to shove all these ideas and mm-hmm. concepts into one place. And yeah, it just it never misses it. And, and to that point, like we don't even question when they're going down that river trying to get out of town. We're never like why is there this? Ri- why are they in the gondola? middle of the yeah, street? Yeah, what's going like, on? It, but because by that time we're just like, yeah, anything can happen here. Yep. Right. Even before we've seen we know the, what's going the on. cuning or pruning or tuning. 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 It always Bizar- sounds like cuning when Ma- they say manscaping. It. Yeah. Does bizarrely the other movie that this reminded me just a teeny bit of is because it's a snow globe film is Cemetery Man. Oh, absolutely. Like I there is a that. there is a hole. Oh, You'll have to borrow I've from Carl from or me. watch I, it at yeah. his house. But there is a point in Cemetery Man where like shit goes so weird that you're like, oh, I guess just anything can happen. Yeah. Right. At this yeah. Point. And so, so that brings me to one kind of thing, because and this is again at the beginning, right from the beginning. First thing uh, Carl mentioned it was like you know the the broken vial on the floor. Um, I hate to sound like an old man, but but re- movies really have gotten fairly one and done kind of you know viewing these days, where they mm-hmm. don't re- reward multiple viewings, they don't right, right. trust the audience, they just feed you everything. I love the Marvel movies and everything like that, but they are they are they are <laughs> they, they are very they much are very much a- watch it once <laughs> yep. and you're done. Cocaine Bear wa- yeah. loved it, done, probably Zombie Bears. This is going to be one you watch stuff. in the summer with a barbecue and have people over. Yeah, cool. Yep, yep, and yep. And, and it's like and but you never need to see it again, no. and and it's been so. <laughs> long since we've had movies that reward you for multiple viewings or not so long but it's it's more and more rare mm-hmm. um and that's the only thing i'm going to say about everything everywhere all at once mm. is it is a hundred percent a movie that rewards the only thing that watches. i told john not to tell me anything but mm-hmm. he's the person who first recommended it to me so i had to tell him i'm like hey i got an episode coming up we're gonna go to connor's watch it and do an episode immediately after and he goes all right the only thing i would say is i know you've never done this before but you should watch it do the episode immediately after to get your initial take. Wait a couple of days or a week. 
watch it again and do another episode on it. That'll be, we haven't done that We've before. never done it Dracula before. Dracula v. Dracula is about the closest we, we've we kinda done that. We kind of did. Yeah. We did. We watched, a, but what a mind fuck that was. Talk dude. about a, like a Mandela effect <laughs> no, scenario. There is no score in the There's original no Dracula There's no score in film. the original Dracula at all. Right. I remember, I remember learning about that. <laughs> yeah. like, and, 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 and I watched the movie after learning that. And was like, wow, what a great score. Yeah, <laughs> like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't, though. You get the thing at the beginning, and that's no, it. That's, yeah. yeah, like it's the title card, and then yeah, nothing anything. else for the rest of the film. You're like, no wonder they put a fucking like Philip Glass, Glass score, score in, because yeah. they're like, huh, this movie's weird with no yeah, sound in it. Yeah. But your brain fills in like... Which speaks to the richness of the imagery. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, okay, I... After so we, we've gotten to the tub scene so far. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I mean, we can one, two, skip. You know, like, yeah, yeah. listener, you should... This movie would be hard to just, like, l- describe in a linear fashion. Almost because impossible. Because it's so, mm-hmm. like, mind-trippy. It's like when we try to talk about Jacob's Ladder. Right. And you're like, and then... And then the lizard in the... Well, okay, he's but then, in Vietnam dying, right. but he's, he's also, in, also an ice bath in an ice bath. But and the, getting a chiropractic Dude, the ice bath scene. Just when you said that, I got, yeah, like, I know, nasty little... Fucked. It's horrible. Uh, have you seen it? You've seen it, right? You've never oh, seen Jacob's Ladder? No, JTM, you need Holy to fucking shit. I'm putting it on. I was embarrassed. I was gonna, wasn't going to write it down in my we'll notes. We'll just have well. a movie night for that one. Yep. We can all watch it together, because holy shit. I bet, you know, like, you want to show people this movie? I love showing people Jacob's Ladder. I'm like, you want to see a cool movie and they're like oh it's from the 80s this will be oh, kind of oh, lame it's Tim I'm Robbins like, he was great yeah, Top Gun Tim Robbins was yeah. real great and I'm like it's yeah yeah Redemption. <laughs> that might be like the highest praise you can give a movie is to say like hey this is one of those movies that brings me joy to have other people yes, watch yes. You know 100% I mean? and, it's, it's, and, and you know we're you're like, like you want to watch them watch it yeah, like, no, I've got, I, I was watching my boys last <laughs> yeah. night I was, I've got like Conley I've got like five Yeah. then you're like get out of here I've got like I've got like five that I should that I always want to show people and it's that it's Mandy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hereditary. If mm-hmm. I can be in the room the first time somebody sees Hereditary. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so scary. Now this one, for fucking wow. sure. Um, but so we get basically, he wakes up. Uh, he he go he's explores his surroundings. It's a murder scene. It's murder a, well, scene. we don't see the murder scene first. First, we he, have a dead goldfish. I love this where he, he knocks the he goldfish knocks the goldfish over. down and it's flopping on the ground and he picks it up and then we get this gorgeous shot of him releasing the goldfish yeah. into the tub yeah. but we're in the tub so the goldfish just like swims through a screen within our screen into yeah. boundless space towards us it's very trippy yeah. um then he wa- he puts on his clothes the mm-hmm. rest of his clothes because there's glass on the floor now yeah. so he puts his boots on and walks out gets on the phone and it's it's uh, Schraber, yeah. who's like, hey, I, listen, you don't remember anything? He's getting the Total Recall call. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. There's a suitcase here. I'm going to leave it by the phone. Well, or the Matrix call. Or the Matrix or the, call. Dude. There's, there's so many calls. The, well, there's so much yeah. in here where you're wow. like, like, dude. The, Operator. The yeah. moment yeah. when he. The moment when he. <laughs> I need when, a door. The <laughs> moment when Mr. Hand jumps up onto the roof and goes, Mr. Murdoch. Yes. I'm like, well, there's Smith. Yeah, yeah. And they're literally on the same roof as the rooftop yeah. scene from The Matrix. Like, it's. Yeah. It's like a one year later remake with like a slightly different twist on it. But then again, maybe that just shows that Gnosticism was in the zeitgeist. Sure. Yeah. Now, sure. if they hadn't sold the sets, I'd be like, oh, it's the zeitgeist. But they sold the fucking sets to The Matrix. Correct, so man. you got to be like, hey, I liked that movie that you made, and we're going to. um make it again can i borrow your ship <laughs> including your 
the right. idea, your film. Right. <laughs> and, and as Can much, I see your script? And as much as we're making fun of it, like, sure. I'm, I absolutely saw the script and the 13th floor script and 13th whatever. 13th floor is the other you one. Know, totally. like, which, um, yeah, they absolutely saw these things. But, but you know, and as much as it's fun to say, like, oh, you know, they just redid this. The world's better having all three. I agree oh, I agree completely. completely. You know I mean? I'm not. Like, I like they're, they're, no, no. Yeah, they're they're just they're playing on the same theme. Yeah, yeah. You get so much more narcissism. With uh, yes, dude. Them. And uh, like the Matrix is the Matrix is so convenient because when people ask me mm. what like what what are you talking about with narcissism, all I have to say usually is like it's the Matrix. Nice, perfect. Like, oh, yeah. Perfect. So like well, you're in like, a, you're in a fake world, and there's some like bad things that are keeping us in the fake like, world. It's like if people are like, what's so bad? You know, why why is environmentalism or or you know kicking out the Native Americans so bad? And you can say Avatar. And they're like, yeah. oh, I get oh, it. I get oh that. wow, yeah, that movie was. Be fun. nice to the blue people. They're like, oh wait. Yeah, yeah. So like, and and again, like, I will continue to poke fun at the Matrix. Of course, I love the. I ten out of ten. That yeah, movie yeah, yeah. for me, like, mm-hmm. I I'll watch it a hundred thousand more times before first I die. One. I love that movie. The first one's good, and the Animatrix is good, and yeah. the latest one is like a seven out of ten. Was fun. Was a weird like a love I letter seen to it. Yet. Yeah, it was. And but I do actually like two and three. As different I, I, things, though, right? Yeah, because so most people are like, oh, the two and three are kind of right. like a six or like a five for them. I give them higher, but it's because they just went balls out. <laughs> yeah, them. they went hard. They just really just were like, what the fuck ever? We're going to live once. I, mean, I, I wanted I more. Them, love them. I, I wanted more of the ideas, and what I got was more of more the kung, kung fu. fu yeah, like it was more bullet time. Like that, yeah. It's like bullet time, the movies, you yeah. know? Yeah, that's true. You giant that's fucking true. mechs in the third yes, one. Yes, like, see, that's fine. That's fine. Like, I just... For me, it's like the Matrix. Holy shit! That's a, yeah. that's a yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a movie and yeah. a half, dude. The Animatrix, amazing. The fourth one, fun, mm-hmm. kind of cool, mm-hmm. kind of like wanders off in the end for me. But two and three are like it's like watching a Jason Statham kung fu flick. I'm not really there looking for ideas. Right. I just want to see people like phasing through walls yep. and punching each yeah. other's brains. Oh, out it's a shit. werewolf, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so and so that's a great, good yin and yang to this movie where where you look at the even the first Matrix, but especially the other ones, they were like, all right, let's just pull the rules off this and go crazy. This movie has a really strong set of rules and, sure. and, and and it does that thing that I think is so valuable where the uh, the audience doesn't have to understand what's going on, but they have to feel like the the creators do. The yes. creators had a rule. They know what they're doing. There is a consistency. It's a hard thing to do. It's so right? hard, right? Oh my God. But, the motivation, the but the motivation, but the the motivation for the uh, the strangers is really strong. Yep. It, mm-hmm. they're, they're never off note with that. No, um, which they, is funny because their goal is super vague. Yeah, yeah. But like the way they approach whatever goal they have in their head is so consistent right. and so driven and so motivated. You're like. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but they for fuck sure do. They do, right? They definitely. Really do. And they're and they're and they're, and it's really interesting because they're very committed to this experiment without emotion on their faces, right? right? Because they're not emotional creatures, basically. And so it's really an interesting thing to feel like this this gravitas from them, and that's right. kind of to that that point to strong casting. They're basically the yeah. Borg, but without like. A, well, yeah, there's right. some Borgy vi- and some yeah. Cenobite vibes. From yeah, them too, it's so but dude, like, with dude yeah. the chattering teeth. Yeah. What an awesome detail! Yeah. Just everybody. Yeah. Just yeah. everyone all sitting there staring up at the big clock. Well, they're that just comes wearing the meat head. suits anyways, right? right. So, yeah, they're yeah. wearing the dead. Yep. Yeah. These are right. the these are dead humans. Dead humans. Oh my god, so we cool. Use your dead. Yeah. As vessels. Yeah. Um. So basically, he wakes up and drops the phone because basically Schraber's like, hey, you got to get with me. I can give you all the answers. But he's just seen the dead body. Right. right. And he realizes he's at a murder scene. 
there's strong indications that he has killed a sex worker and yep. has carved weird spirals like into mm-hmm. and I love that, that re- first spiral uh-huh. dude that recurring like the thing when we get the, the fingerprints finger yeah. holy shit yeah. is that That's cool so dude so good uh, so um now we got we're introduced to his wife because we kind of have to He's starting to look for breadcrumbs because he doesn't remember who he is. And our first breadcrumb, which is, is great, I love the change from having a be a gumshoe movie into now our point of view character, our new gumshoe is the one that doesn't know. Yeah, right. and amnesia right. movies what is always good too. So so cool, yeah. and to have both of those things going in tandem, right? Because we still get our gumshoe, but totally. we also have the person trying to figure it out on their side of things right yeah well and and you got your gumshoe coming from with his head yeah you have her coming from the heart yeah you know what i mean oh it's fantastic oh my god so So it's like two detectives detecting towards each other exactly yeah Yeah. until they finally meet up at the end dude yes at the the levitating interrogation room um so I there's well let me let me clarify that yeah. what I, now I, I, when I was saying one leading the heart I was talking about Jennifer Connelly of course you were oh yeah, yeah. okay yep, yeah, yep, yeah yeah yep. yeah exactly. going from the heart yeah yeah, yeah. Her, you're detecting from the heart yeah it's really it's really just just really interesting how um, oh. it distills humanity into such simple things mm-hmm. and then when they're talking, which is cool because that's kind of what they're trying to do mm-hmm. exactly distill humanity to distill yeah. humanity so but, that all plays into the whole greater but I love the moments that defy. The <laughs> that defy the thesis of the of the what are they called again? The, strangers. The strangers mm-hmm. that defy the thesis of the strangers. Like for example, when um, Emma comes and meets John in the prison, and they've got the the phones, and she's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Listen, this is going to sound nuts, but what if the first time we met?" was last night at your apartment yep. and the rest of it's just implanted like we were never in love we were we've never been married these yeah, are all just most likely memories. was <laughs> right and yeah and that's probably the truth and she like rather than like when her emotional reaction to him where she's like she you can see her internalize what he's said and shit is so weird that she entertains this as a possibility right despite that she's like i love you right okay? no one can yeah, no, no one can Put fake. Me. Yeah. yeah, you can't fabricate that yeah. or fake that. And then what he says is like, "What if you could?" And that is such a, a, a complicated and impossible. Like on paper, on script, on even as a director, how do you pull that off? Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, it speaks to the strength of actors, uh, underappreciated actors like Jennifer Connelly, sure, too. sure, yes, no kidding, who yes. can sell that complexity because it's so. It, they don't the, those pieces don't line up but none of the pieces line up and so to see these revelations coming through you really do just have to like give into it be along for the ride and follow you know follow the the clues where they go and the fact that you can actually trust your creator of this universe yes. can you do yeah if 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 I felt like the filmmaker for one second didn't know what was happening, right, right, I, this right. would not work. Which is hilarious because if you read some of Alex Price's like writing on this, he's like, um, uh, uh, William Hurt asked him once. He's like, well, wait, if the strangers are averse to water, why are like all the streets always constantly soaking wet with rain? And Alex Price's response was, because it looks good. cool. Yeah, it looks, it looks cool. great. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Blade Runner, and, and, like, yeah, and it was funny because and I saw this on the trivia thing, and I saw heard it before too. And it, you can feel it. He said, William. William Hurt was the, probably the one who understood it the most, even more than the director who really right. got it, the, like from the beginning. And you feel That's like, like his process. You see it in the like performance you, too. You really do, and and I think that it's starting as a detective movie at some earlier mm-hmm. version also really helps because like little things like where he's like, "What kind of killer saves a goldfish?" I love it. But right. but, yes. but but those are those are the 
moments where that character becomes very real and very smart. And he mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of time like that where he's detecting. But the times he does, you're going, wow, this is a, a character. Yeah, I love I, I'm you guys picked up on it. It's, it's in it's like the plot of the film. But one of my favorite parts about the detective character is you see him gathering clues. And he's mm-hmm. like, here's a clue. And that points to that. Here's a clue. And that points to that. Here's a clue. What the fuck does that mean? Right. Like there, he does hit a certain point where he's like, this seems related somehow, but I have no, this doesn't point at anything. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things is um, early on when Will ends, they're, they're at the scene of the murder. This is a, a chunk that I want to talk about, but they're chilling at the scene of the murder and he's looking down and they're working on the murder case. Was it like seven or eight this time? Well, so, yeah. And then he says mm-hmm. six hookers and all, you know, like, and then all of a sudden out of fucking nowhere, Walensky blasts into the room and he goes, he goes, Frank, Frank, they're wise to us. There's no way out. And two cops drag him away. And you're like, the what the hell was yeah, that? Exactly. Like, how does that tie into anything? I'm sure it'll be answered. But like, right. holy shit. Like, and, what an intrusion into the just like this. You know, you can almost hear the like. Yeah, well, she she walked in and. She, she, she ran into a John that didn't like her rights. And then all of a sudden, like an insane person comes yeah. and goes, there's no way out. And it's this guy's like former partner. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because I think that the concept, if it had been the detective leading through this, it would have been awesome, but it sure. would have been a little bit more expected than what we got. But it is, but it is, it's, it's, I, I, if not that they should ever make a sequel to this, but Proyas has mentioned that he has ideas for mm-hmm. one, but I would have really loved to see the detective story continue because it's almost like, what if we made, and, and I'm, I'm giving myself chills because I'm such a nerd, but what if we had a noirish detective in the world of the Twilight Zone, where every episode, mm-hmm. he's trying to, go like, well, what kind of fucked up shit are we going to see today? Have you, right. seen, there, have you ever seen Kolchak the Night Stalker, the old television show? I haven't. I mean, no, not a lot of people have. This is a vibe. episode. Not a lot of people have. It's like old school. I'm but familiar, What, what yes. you just described is like Kolchak yep. the Night Stalker. So cool. It's like this detective who just, he like, you can tell that this guy just wants to do divorce cases, yes. but like it's every like, fucking thing he thrown does. into like. Yeah, he's like, God, yeah, pentagrams and blood, son of a bitch. <laughs> go Mondays, am I right? Always the occult on Mondays. <laughs> but it, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get the and, and, and I'm sorry, I want to say no, this no. like for the viewers maybe who haven't seen it for whatever reason. It sounds watch like, Dark City. Yeah, you've got to watch. It. Oh, it's, it's watch sounds, Dark City. It sounds like we're we're kind of like we're 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 being chaotic with our commentary on it, but that's the movie. It's totally. this it's this montage that's hitting you all at once. It's not overwhelming. I, my parents would get it. My kids got it. Everyone can get it. Yeah. But it is. It's a lot of ideas. The threads all come in at the same time. Yeah. Part of it too. I think part of the what's going on in this episode too is this is you. We Carl and I have seen movies all the time where we're like, wow, what a masterpiece. This movie's killer. It's rare. This movie like trans- transcends. This is yeah. one of those like rare greats that when you see it, you want to talk about the whole film exactly. all at once. Yeah. It's like that. The sound of doorknobs closing. Holy like shit. everything sounds like people the sound that shoes make on the wood hard floors. Oh it is, is taking it is everything like, in it my is. being to not just like scream all my notes at you right. right. Like oh, back to back to back right. to back. Like we're gonna we're not gonna have uh what was the, the kung fu movie of the all the weird zombies in the forest that oh, you just God. yelled the entire plot uh, at me for versus. versus versus. I just screamed the whole movie back at you and you're like, I know, I just watched it with you. It, it's the movie I recommended. It was so madness. That yeah. movie's nuts. Um but so like all right just to keep it tr- to kind of try and keep it yeah. in order after he releases the goldfish into the bathtub sees the murder he goes and leaves this hotel and we get 
this is such a cool detail too because it's like a setup there's a punchline and then there's like the ultimate reveal to this front desk guy the front desk guy's like hey mr murdoch Paid through three weeks. Yeah, you paid through three weeks, which was up like 25 minutes ago. Cash on the barrel. Yeah, cash on on the the barrel. barrel. And he finds out that he left his wallet at the automat. Automat. Mm -hmm. So So we got another, another, I know, green jello, apple. (laughs) Carrot. Dude, (laughs) such a cool little set. But, um, and I love that it would, oh God, now I want to talk about the automat. But like, uh, yeah, so now we have another breadcrumb. Yeah. My wallet. There'll be details in my mm-hmm. wallet, and that mm-hmm. wallet is at blah blah blah. And then by the end of the movie, we find out that they, the strangers, set up a murder mystery for this guy. That's basically. their main like story thread. Now that's the one they've all focused on, right? To really try and yeah. determine. Well, they're doing many experiments many, at once. This, is this guy's that, experiment. This guy got yeah. And I, and I think, and my, my my kids actually brought this up, and I hadn't really realized this before, but I believe they're only changing a few people's things not every night. It's not yeah. every because my one son was like, "Oh, everybody's getting changed every night," and I was like, "No, I think like when the rich people get changed from yep. the poor, you That's know, they such be a cool, cool detail. One yeah. of the one of the special effects that really holds up well. The table, and, yeah. yeah, the table, and, <laughs> and those and stairs later on. Right? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah. and so, well, but but like it's yeah, it is. They're just poking at these things from the side, and again, to me, with my obsession with the mental health thing is it feels a little bit like like they're looking at the inmates in the asylum and they're like what if we adjust this medication mm-hmm. what if we try one electric shock here totally and, it, and it's let's, got that let's vibe boost the amount yeah. of uh, milligrams on and, that and right the, rat, the spiral rat yeah. maze you know? oh my god yeah, well yeah when you finally well, dude the oh. big the big reveal oh. the big reveal when when uh finally well yeah. no we have to save we'll that there. because it's like that i'm we'll gonna get save there. that we're gonna save just, it we're gonna set that aside and the dogs are like, no, no, we want to know. No, we want to know. I love the cover of uh, Sway mm-hmm. by Dean Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a great choice. That's because my, it's, uh, hello, Jay Connolly. Great tune to sing to Sway with me. Because fuck you, Michael Well, Bublé. the song's called yeah. Sway. Well, Sway. Well, it's. Whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, the like, update. And I'm like, yes, Jennifer. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> the, the slight update with, like, that. Mm-hmm. That kind of fat mm-hmm. bass line mm-hmm. to yeah. it. So it's got like almost like a low-key like rock vibe going mm-hmm. on. Such a cool choice. And yet a classic Rat Pack tune. Totally right, exactly. crime noir. Um, Bumstead shows up at the hotel because the murder has been reported. And midnight has passed. And now the desk guy different, is different dude. dude. Same clothes, different dude. You know the best part about that is he has the same ex- uh, experiential memory as that guy did. Yep. He even remembers what happened, what this this uh, avatar, this character experienced like just moments ago. Moments ago yeah. now is in this it's been updated. It's in this new suit because yep. they just switched pe- some people around. Yep. Dude, amazing. And what one thing we can I want to jump really quick when they're tuning the city and we get the uh the poor people becoming Wealthy. One of the things that I love about that is watching them just shuffle people around inside this rat's maze that they've built is actually really kind of metaphorically powerful to me. Mm-hmm. We see this poor couple sitting at dinner. And I'll jump back to the hotel, mm-hmm. but like this is a swap that's been made. And then later we see a swap where they turn a poor couple into a rich couple. And it's the poor couple's like... Oh, yeah, I've just been so tired lately. You know, I, I showed up late for work, but the boss has been... And she goes, well, the boss has been working you overtime five mm-hmm. days this week, and I hope you he, he get that promotion, you know? They switch him to a rich couple. Table stretches, great effect. Mm-hmm. They, have, they add some kids to the mix. They put him in this big opulent mansion. There's maids' quarters. They wake up, and the husband, mid-sentence, is like... 
And that's why I'll probably have to release Franklin He's from showing the up thing. late. Yeah, he keeps showing up late. Yep. And she the wife goes, And that's why you're a credit to your business, Harold, or whatever. So the and, same And the question is, is he firing himself? Yeah. Well yeah. the this yeah, the yeah. same guy who was just like, Oh God, I hope my boss doesn't fire me, we're barely making the bills, is now firing the Some guy other guy who, that is now that guy. Who may have been yeah. his boss right. five minutes before. But the point that I that I said was Nothing has actually changed. Someone is getting fired and someone is firing someone else. Nothing changes. Nothing matters inside bounded choice or inside this. Then I wrote down, is it a gilded cage or simply a cage? As lo- It doesn't really matter as right. long as we're mm-hmm. all still in prison. This is the big Gnostic idea. It's like right. it doesn't matter who you are. You don't have any if, free choice. It's all pre-programmed. Yeah, and, if, you're yeah. in a, if you're in a prison, it doesn't matter if and, you're the... I mean, if you if you're if you're a if you're a corrections officer going to work every single day and where you exist and live is in a prison, how much different are you from a prisoner? <laughs> and it's yeah. a good point. And and I'll take a more positive spin on this. This movie, we for, appreciate that. Yeah, for, for, no, but temper us for, for those of us who are who are very cynical, and I'm a very cynical person. This movie does a great. So like you know we all, we can't all sit around and like watch like lovey dovey hippy dippy movies all the time. Sometimes we watch Dark City, mm-hmm. but it actually all it does is it's it's the um the strange are peeling back the layers of the surface stuff, the rich, the poor, the employed, the not, the desk worker, the the prisoner, the guard, and saying, oh shit, they're all the same inside. And I do think it's actually a yeah. fairly positive message in that, that these people, that the memories and that the things that connect us are very simple. That's a wild take. I they're love ve- it. They're I very totally love simple. It. They're very universal. And and it's and it's and it, I do walk away from this saying, okay, guys, you know all this petty shit that uh, you know that right. we're dealing with day to day that divides us. It's all fucking surface level. Delete Twitter bullshit. Yes, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know that. Okay, we're the strangers. Start a mad campaign the strangers are Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. but 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 it is right. Wrong, it, it, it is that that the that veneer is yeah. so thin, and but it defines ninety nine percent of what they're doing. Correct. You know what? Social like so the the idea of social engineering is not like it's a it's apropos to this conversation mm-hmm. for 100%. sure. Oh, uh-huh. Like I I actually. I like your read on it for sure. Like my my read, I guess, is kind of a, a little bit bleaker, but I do like that. The end of the day, it's the same read. It's the same read. Yeah, yeah but like, really, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like anyone can. Yeah, we can all be anybody. Well, it doesn't because, matter. Yeah, because you're saying like you're looking at the the negative side of it, or the but what you're saying in this kind of like you know the Gnostic kind of take a step back and look at it way is like you know we have no choice, but it's also like we're all in the same thing together, right? Right. So like what we make of it is really up to us, right? You know, in that cage that we live in. You're, I, I liked how you described that. They, they're they pulling back the like surface yeah. trappings of humanity. Well, that's it, what they're trying to do. That's their whole They're trying thing to figure out what, what makes a person is. an individual. Right, because the whole reason they do the murder thing and set up and then inject a random person with that memory is just because to. I have the memory. Well, the whole thing they're trying to go for, pulling back the layer, is if, if the question was, if I inject someone with a memory of being a murderer, mm-hmm. is that powerful enough for that person to then go and do more murder? Mm-hmm. Or is it, or is that human soul, that person person that makes them unique, strong enough to say, this isn't me, I'm not capable of doing that? I'm... I'm that's not actually sh- explicitly I'm not, stated in the film. I don't. I'm not sure that's correct though, because the, there's actually lines of dialogue that. Yeah, but they're from that. Mr. Hand, who's been injected with that oh, set of memories. So, so John Murdoch was supposed to get the full syringe that right. gave him the memories of committing the murder that were motivated it. by an affair. 
But right. what we actually get to see instead is we get to see a blank, blank slate person. version of this man. So this is actually – I think this is really important for this film is what all of the strangers are always doing is they're taking little meat puppet people mm-hmm. and they're they're implanting personalities into yes. them. Like this is a person who this. This is a person who this. With this guy, John Murdoch. We get to watch a blank slate develop and see what actually comes forth. We get to see this human being's true essence because nothing has been stamped onto that true essence. When Mr. Hand gets the syringe that was intended for him, Mr. Hand goes fucking full bore. He starts killing killing sex workers. He goes and threatens Jennifer Conley. He slits the uh, the, uh, chief of police's throat. And actually, we don't (laughs) see that... We don't see the strangers just wantonly kill. Typically, right? They've no, got a no. target, but like when he gets, they put the, people, they'd rather put people to sleep because they need them right. for a future. Right. Mr. Hand gets the murderer syringe and becomes a murderer. It's interesting, yeah. But Rufus, or uh, Rufus, John does not. That John actually tests himself to see if he's a murderer, yeah. and his That's his right. inherent. This is the thing that. We get to see in John what the strangers are looking for and have cheated themselves out of seeing by implanting people into these they people. They missed the whole fucking Yeah, when you don't point. basically yeah. when you don't force a person to be someone, that is when the soul emerges. Right. Yeah. In Gnostic terminology, that is when Sophia is expressed. And actually we see Sophia <laughs> they, we, we like get, couldn't see the forest through the trees, essentially. Ba- yeah, basically they're looking for the clearing, but they keep planting shit right. in the clearing. Is, is <laughs> right. they're trying to find the like you know the we meadow. Need is plant more shit and we can Exactly, find exactly. And it's really cool because later on we see this happen with the character of Bumstead. So Bumstead has got like Hard work and detective shot into his head. Yeah, that's yeah. who this guy gets to be. But we even find out later from uh, from Doctor Schraber that you know he even he says to Frank probably because he's changed Frank into this guy yep. from someone else. He goes, you know, one day you could be a. De- he looks right at him and he's like, you could be a detective. And a few days before, you were somebody entirely different. So Frank has all these weird implanted memories that he's been a hardworking detective and his mother died and he gave him. I love that detail, too. Yep. But, you know, the thing is, I can't remember exactly when she gave it to me. Yeah. You, yeah. How could a guy forget something like that? Exactly. So we get to see him get because they don't switch him again. They don't. He doesn't get swapped. He doesn't get a new injection. So we get to see the inquisitive mind of a detective encounter the I think we know who was him before the switch, because uh, there are some well, some minor yeah. details of of Bumstead. Yeah, some who, who minor details. We who do you one? think he the was? The shoelace him. guy, because he's like, "Hey, your shoelace is untied." Oh yeah, and then he realizes later, Bumstead, that his shoelace is also untied. I it like goes that. back to the guy saying the same thing. You know, you don't. There's no such thing as a free lunch or whatever. Yeah. So you have these little ticks that do carry over depending from person on from to person, person to person. I like that like, that's fine. So the like glitches in the matrix. It's like, like glitches <laughs> in the matrix. So that little detail, those two in particular, sure. the guy saying the same sort of tagline, and also the "Hey, your shoes untied." Holy fuck, my shoes untied. Yeah, that was. I love that read. That's really that's, fun. Yeah, that is really awesome. Maybe even more exciting would be like this young kids like like trying you know emulating the detective and he's in the right right yeah 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 yeah, it's very fun it's like like fragments of past lives exactly like some of that carries over yeah dude you are still a human even though you're being injected with memories there's got to be some part of i like that and there's something there's something there's something that i really dislike 
uh, cynicism is something I, ge- I genuinely really dislike, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because it, 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 it is the um, easy way out of change and Absolutely. doing the hard thing and making making the world a better place. Agreed. And I also hate it in criticism of movies mm-hmm. because because I feel like a lot of critics can be like where they're, okay, we're just going to look at the puzzle pieces that put this together sure. and, and, and don't really care about the message underneath. And you could look at, this movie is a great example to, to talk about the meta um, uh, uh, construction of these different characters, but it's almost like, okay, well, what if I take this person's lines and give it to this character and give this person's line to this character, you know? And it's like, it's a very interesting vibe that I got when I was watching this, where I feel like the filmmaker is the strain or the stranger. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and, and, man. And, you know, and I, and, but, but, but where I get, where I come up to my cynicism comment is that, Proyas is so good at taking something that can be so cheesy, like The Crow or like sure. other things, and just saying, no, man, I mean this. Like, yep. this is real. This matters. And, I'm, and we're going to get through this together. And- the, it's, it's interesting you say cheesy because one <clears throat> thing I've always thought about The Crow, which my, I could watch it again tonight and I mm-hmm. have the same thought and it blows my mind, is when you watch The Crow and then you look at like the 89 Batman. Mm-hmm. Back to like if you watch them side by side, like Batman is cheesy, right? The original Bat, right. like that that world, that whole comic booky world. You're like, I love that movie. Yeah, but it's right. kind of dumb. Yeah, you look at the. Crow, I wasn't giving you the full stink eye. Only a sure. no, I do, I do, I do. I I totally, dude. Who doesn't you're giving love him the Kiefer Sutherland? I was eye. giving him. I was. <laughs> you're, you're I was su- giving him the uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Carl, honestly, both of you are pretty like pretty spot on. I think we all watched this within twenty four uh, hours. Correct, there. yes. But like, like Proyas's world because this, the Crow and Dark City, the cities look very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't really look super realistic. They're very stylized. Another movie that comes to mind is Dick Tracy. Yeah, like oh another. So like, but with with Proyas, somehow there's something that he does, and I think it has to do with allowing things to be black and the darkness of his subject matter and the way that he shoots and the the full commitment that everybody gives mm-hmm. from Brandon Lee to Rufus Sewell to Jennifer Connelly that makes these movies not one whit cheesy. No, right? Yep. They're so earnest and yet so stylized. Yep. It's like when directors try and go stylized, oftentimes it falls flat on its face because it just it becomes it's dumb yeah you know it, it's dumb or it's cheesy or it's overwrought or it's transparent you're like you're doing this because you want to be stylized but we we've been saying it on the show recently mm-hmm. there are some directors who have a fingerprint yeah. and when you watch the movie you can tell in 30 Before seconds you're like and, this is a this person movie yeah. and you just buy it because their their voice is so earnest and yeah this is one of those guys yep i want to i want to get deep into uh the breakdown of like a specific lighting chunk sure and some storytelling that i think is just amazing so uh he uh, Murdoch goes down to the automat and uses his like telekinetic abilities to break his wallet out of one of these locked just pay a quarter, get an apple, yep. pay a quarter, get your jello. And he busts out the wallet. This is a cool detail that I missed um, until we started talking about it. But the automat guy can give him information, but no specific information. Right. Yeah. Because uh, Murdoch's trying to find out what the fuck is going on, so he goes, "I, I oh Murdoch, you left your wallet here. When did I leave my wallet here? Yeah, the last know. time you were in. Right. When was that? When you left your wallet here? But when was that? I don't know. I'm busy all the time. He, the yeah. guy doesn't know. No. Right. All he knows is that he left his wallet here, and that's like the information that's in his that weird has. implanted memory. But he breaks the wallet out, goes vagaries, to leave, 
Yes, and the the cops. Well, it's not vagaries, but right vague, vagueness. Vagueness. Right. Yeah. Well, it's that it's that I impression that of no, you're good. <laughs> no, no. But it's a not, great word, but vague. you're not because it's this. It's all about the impression of our lives passing by, as opposed to actually noticing our lives passing by. Right. right? It's like right. I, it doesn't really matter when you had it. It was I love how your day. brain works. Dude. It's like what a <laughs> just immediately reread it and it made perfect sense. I fucking love but, that. Right, but it is. Yeah. It's it's that it's splitting that. No, it's, it's totally it's, right though. That's why I love that. Right. Because it make, this movie makes you slow down mm-hmm. and appreciate things, and sure. it's fucking called Dark City, and it's got dudes in leather BDSM <laughs> outfits. Exactly. Um, so the cop squids in their head, the, right. dude. I okay. Another thing. What are the alien? What do the machine aliens look like in the Matrix? They like oh my god, squids. squids. That's yeah. so funny. So let's pause on that for one second. Sure. Um, how do you guys? How like? How do you the? What do you guys feel about the effects? This late nineties. Some of them are are less holdy yeah. uppy than others. But I kind of like the. It felt nostalgic. It's yeah. like sometimes you go back and watch some early CG and you're like, oh man, that was really pretty. Right. That was Harry pretty Potter bad. one. Yeah. Oh yeah, the troll, <laughs> scene. the troll scene. But this is like you can you can tell that it's dated and it's mm-hmm. you know some of the first time we use some of that technology, but it still looks good. Yeah. I mean, there was some real skill at, at work. Oh there. sure, they were, and they were pushing boundaries. They were hundred percent, but like. Things. I mean, you can see the rough edges and yeah. shit, but I'm like, it's like the it still fucking works. It's, oh, great, yeah. Yeah, it's like example. right on the edge of the of like Frighteners territory. Yep. Yep. But you know what? Like you need movies like that because yeah. Frighteners, the technology they developed for the Frighteners was like, well, Peter Jackson's like, what do I do with this technology? Yeah. Right. Oh, I could probably pull off Lord of the Rings now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now we yeah. have the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, we can do a like, Balrog now. Cool. Yeah, yeah. fucking A. Um I've read somewhere I read somewhere that the director's cut, he revisited the special effects and yes, like updated and changed yeah, them. Yeah, because right, well, ten years later. I've yeah. only seen the director's cut, but one one thing that I thought about when I was one, he the things that are like obviously visual like like CGI kind mm-hmm. of visual effects are used very sparingly. Yep. And they're kind of quick cuts, of course, but like you kind of only see them like Fleetingly, mm-hmm. and they're usually like kind of hidden as mm-hmm. well. They're in shadow, or they're happening like in the midst of a flurry, so that your eyes drawn elsewhere as yeah. well. Or something very simple, like a door being created, or sure. a ladder in a pool, or and, like. And and it's a good example because um, Proyas, the ladder in the pool was cool. Yeah, yeah so I cool. like that. And a lot. the things that Proyas, there were things that Proyas cut because the effects weren't there for it. You know that they wanted, but there were things that. Um, but then there were also things that I that I watch in this I haven't seen quite since like. Like like so, it's a great mixture of miniatures when the city's being tuned, yes. and then some CGI. But there's like a uh, I can't remember if it's a support girder. I think it's a bridge support girder that's just these like hard line pieces of metal that go brink 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 and like form up into this bridge, this girder. And um, it's such a cool way that the city is tuned and built, and just kind of it's it works really well. The tuning, all of the tuning <clears throat> scenes, they're yeah, so, so fucking rad. Yeah. Um, I love this. It's just a giant clock that's behind a face. Yes. Like, the whole style of that is just and, really and, and fucking And the cool. face that they peel back to like find out what's underneath, you know, that surface That's layer. That's all that. I Ugh. so I love I wanted to like I, I wanted to dig in I, I want to get through this scene real quick Sorry, but then ahead. I want to ask you guys about the clock inside uh, the head. Max is like hey I just got one point to get I'm like that's great but first, but first <laughs> no no I like I dude I love I love the sidebar um speaking of the like the visual effects the practical effects that are done in here too are amazing, amazing. one of my favorites is um I'm not sure how they did it but like the this the needle that like shoots mm-hmm. into people's heads when we get the sh- the close up shots of it, where we see the like, yeah, yeah, dude. Here's my note on that, which is the 
I love the sound that the memory implanting syringe yeah. makes because it sounds like a crying baby. And that is oh. literally like the moment of that person's birth is that moment. Interesting. That first cry. It's so cool. They didn't exist. Like little, yeah. They didn't and, exist. And it's so cool. That. You guys have both pointed out the sound. I actually, when I was making my notes, I was like, oh, the sound. I was like, oh, that's too nerdy. I'm not no, going to make a sound comment. You guys, so it is. Nerdy's what we no, do, of man. Course, of course. Of course. And I was, I was watching <laughs> it like 5.30 yeah. in the morning, so I had my 7.1. Oh, right in the ears. And it was just like chunky and beautiful. Like just like I said, like doors shutting, doorknobs, feet on the floor. Yep. It's all yep. just and like the actual and visual. John Hurt's fucking voice. Yes, yeah, I know. So low and uh, uh, uh. like sometimes it fa- sounds like he's either gonna fall asleep right. or he's trying not to cough up like right. a big drag off a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but there's that. There's the visually that that syringe. How the hell? There's so much detail where like it's a great question. There's like the outer sheath and then the inner needle rotates yeah. out of it, but there's like burrs on the... Someone was very proud of that prop. Holy shit, it's sure. one of the coolest yeah. props I've ever the, seen. All of the syringes, yeah. when he's got it, when he opens the, the, yes. his kit and they're all there. Well, you know, and that's just, just something that I, 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 at the time, I feel like it's it has to have been a practical prop shot sure. with like a macro lens. because and, and, and that's a really fun tip for like aspiring filmmakers if you're trying to make anything look cool like get some details in macro because it just it it takes things into that alternate reality hyper focused world where you're seeing these I love shooting details. in macro yeah. totally yeah totally. And, and that needle like my kids were like they saw the needle they're like where is he gonna put that yeah, yeah. Oh, in his head and they're like oh god <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. immediately like, makes you go yeah. I, I told them I was like that's how the next vaccine is gonna be administered yeah, <laughs> I can't wait I yeah can't next wait. year they'll be like yeah, you get be that the, skull vaccine the smart, yeah. the smart vaccine oh, <laughs> this one lasts two months longer than previous <laughs> vaccines and it just has to to go right in your brain. Yeah, Jennifer, <laughs> just have Jennifer Conley admit it to me and I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm <laughs> totally fine. I'll take it me too. Yeah, Nurse Jenny snaps <laughs> oh on <God>. the glove. <laughs> so funny. Can you sing that Michael Bublé Dean Martin song to me while you did it? So, so Max, you okay. were trying to get through a point, but oh, I'm not right. but, yes, I know, yes. but, but before you do, sure. how come Jennifer, Con- Jennifer Conley's performance is not one-sided it, there is a lot to it and i really do like it not just because i'm madly in love with her but i do think it's there but i but i really do struggle what yeah. is it do you guys think i do think it's nuanced and layered i yeah i agree it is. i have a theory about it but yeah go please go, Carl. Well, it's just because and she's so quiet mm-hmm. but there's it's like that the, the things that are going on behind the eyes she's constantly considering the environment and what is going on like her the i can only assume Jennifer Connelly is mm-hmm. doing a lot of work internally. Yeah, that's because where my point she is, never, yeah. she never really raises her voice. She's always very calm. Almost everyone, like you said, is already kind of unisomed in this, anyways. Right. Sure, but I just always get this sense that it is like there is a lot happening behind her eyes that is creating, is creating the character that we don't necessarily see. She's not like. Searching with her eyes for right, answers right, right. and Just shit. Keep her Sutherland. But you know, from. or like lean into some of those like acting techniques that you learn from going to school to like convey certain emotions yeah. or actively listening, mm-hmm. nodding, things like that. Mm-hmm. Is she's so much more subtle than that, but it's all it all speaks very loudly because of how just subtle she is and still in her in her performance I, my it. point bounces like works yeah. through your point because it's like she's like this top top tier actress mm-hmm. and you said earlier like criminally underappreciated mm-hmm. I could not agree more you don't see Jennifer Connelly in nearly enough right. stuff there's a movie that I'm going to reference now and people are going to laugh but like she is legitimately the best part of Ang Lee's Hulk 
Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. She's yeah. fucking awesome in that movie. Yeah. And that movie's like, sure, not great. Another William William Hurt movie, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But like, oh, that's right. That's so funny. But like that movie, that movie is like, I think that movie is underappreciated. That movie just wasn't what people wanted it to be. For it, no, No, dude, that movie's pretty good. Actually, we'll do it someday for the show, and that's when people will stop listening. But like, (laughs) so Jennifer Connelly, top tier actress. I think what you're picking up on the like the I picked up on the same thing. Like there are there's levels and nuance Mm -hmm. to her performance that like aren't immediately apparent, and I think it's character work. Hundred percent. Because where do we start? We see her going detective. I'd like to, it's literally like the widow with the veil right, yeah, in right. the in the crime noir. The beginning you know? of any crime noir. Film. And what we have to remember about these characters is they are exactly that. These are cardboard people that have had, and then they're dancing on a puppet stage yeah. for these other. So as the actors, they have to. The opposite of the strangers are peeling back layers of mm. people. As an actor, they're having to build these layers on top of each other. They mm-hmm. start as like archetypes, but yes. as they bump into this like weird world, because they're all working on the John Murdoch yeah. case, yeah. and I put case in quotes because it's all fabricated, yes. but like when they bump into this anomalous situation that's weird and challenges the archetypes that they have been created as, that's when we see their true characters yeah. yep. start to emerge because they don't they can't just like parrot the lines and play the role anymore they've, because they've they've ran out of script the rules so, changed yeah. yeah so what and, and and you see that so so she walks into his office she's like detective I need help he gives like a rote cop answer she says, it's all right. a f- it's and a she's f- like all right fuck this I'm out of here yep. all of a sudden breaking the type where she's like fuck you, I think not she listening. stays in type here's yeah. here's where I think it changes so she, she goes into the office and she's like I'd like to report a missing person and he's like. You know, uh, why didn't you report him earlier, miss? And you can, this is again, it's like the, it's like the fucking um, Marlowe. It's like Philip Marlowe. Yeah. And then he gives her the list and she's like, you know, which of these, these which of these women is he meant to have killed? And he, (laughs) all of them. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. And all of this is like, it's like telenovela acting. Right. Yeah. Then she goes back to the apartment and Murdoch is there. This is where her performance changes to me because she goes over and she starts to do the she starts to say her lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. John is you left for three weeks. Is this how you're punishing me? And he's like. Are you meant to be my wife or something? And he's looking around. Yeah, he's going way off script. Yeah. Like, yeah, this dude. is not how you're she's supposed to be reacting exactly. in this moment. She's waiting for the line to come back, and he's like looking out the window, and he's like, so you're my wife? Is that what you're telling me? And she's <laughs> like, your wife, really? You don't even acknowledge the relationship that we've had. And he's like, I found these keys in my pocket, so I'm assuming I live here. And that's when her performance changes. Like, yeah, because yeah. she's no longer just like, I cheated. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. What, uh... And you you see the moment when the the set of preconceptions that have been installed in her yeah. no longer like short circuit they're they're not useful yeah, anymore. These tools are no longer useful in this situation, and she has to develop new ones. And this is the moment when she goes from character to human being. Yeah, we'll see this happen with William Hurt later. Like the people who've run into John Murdoch and to some extent uh, Detective Walensky. Absolutely, they're they're. Given an anomaly, and in a small way, they're taking baby steps towards what I would say is the, the moment of gnosis. So I, I don't, I don't drink, but a fun drinking game would be to watch the movie and be like, whenever that 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 switch happens, like take a drink <laughs> take for a each drink. character. <laughs> yes. like, like you can argue about it. Like, oh, I think that's the moment when that's they, the moment when they went off script. You yep. know, yeah. But so, like, I think that's where that's where we start to get the layers added on because yeah. now she's like. 
you can see her try to pivot where she's like, well, your doctor said this might happen, you right. know, like that you've <laughs> lost your memory, you know, yes. but then she can't hang on, hang on to it. for very No, long. You, she can't like you can, you see him try to use the tools that they have until the tools don't make sense anymore. It's like the detective. I've got a clue. I've got a clue. No, hey, doesn't make any Frank, I've anymore. ridden the subways for hours. There's no way out of the city. And he's like, what did you just say? Right. What? Right. Yeah. And then he's like, "How do I get to the end of the line?" Yeah, and he's like, "It's he's, such a simple question that just like derails people." Like, yeah. how, "How do you? When, when's the last time you remember the why sun?" Didn't, yeah, or, how, how do you get to Shell City? How do I get to Shell City? Will you take the express? Hey, why yeah. didn't that train stop? Well, that's the express, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. dude. The first time you and it see, feels so real. That simple bit of like of confusing di- like feels so right. It, amazing. It's yes. very relatable. One of one of my favorite parts is when he goes and looks at the train map because you see yeah. you see like this big tangle in the middle and then you look over and it's the first shot we get you don't see the green line go back into the city you just see Shell City and one other station adjacent mm-hmm. to each other Nothing separate from the rest of every line it looks like two stations that just go back and forth and you're like uh what yeah. and then he follows the green line back into the tangle gets on the green line and the green line which is clearly the one that goes to Shell City doesn't go there right there is no express and like it's that this is you're gonna love jacob's ladder because there's so many fucking moments (laughs) in jacob's ladder that are this moment over and over again where you're like how do you get to shell city we took the express is that the express yeah why didn't it stop because that's that's the the express Express. and you're like (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, compute yeah so like these are when these characters stop being characters and start being people and i think it's awesome I, I love the fact that the actors have to go from i'm playing philip marlowe i'm playing the, Man, the widow what, what fucking fun would that be what a challenge i know but, unbelievable and, but, and, but also yeah. done very subtly totally yes. it is because it would be very easy to be like, do like the oh yeah oh i overdo suddenly, it right. and yeah it yeah down, but no it's just like it's these subtle shifts yeah. Yeah. captain in the world and, of tomorrow yeah, right <laughs> and you, and which i love that movie too so funny um they uh but it, but they are they are you know and and the one maybe maybe the one actor the the performance that made me realize this thing that you talk about about internalizing things was mm. ryan gosling and drive 100 uh, per, we just uh, talked for like yes. three hours it's about just that, like yeah. it's like it's like no dialogue, simple character, like almost really no arc, just kind of moving straight forward. And yet he's processing the whole time. And you're like, I love you, Ryan Gosling. He's my secondary Jennifer Conley. He's Uh, my other one. Totally with you. Totally with you. I might just like, I might base my wardrobe on But it's interesting, right? Because it's hard to direct because like, it's a line where you're like, like you're like, hey Carl, could you try thinking while you're performing? Right. Because, you know, like how does that work? <laughs> Man, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Let me try and think but, for you, Jeff. But, but then I have directed Carl, and I was directing him on some voiceover thing, and I was like, hey, could it be like sexy but strong, but blah 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 blah? And Carl, like being experienced, is like, I'll just kitchen sink the motherfucker, Jeff. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like giving you twelve opposite points of direction, but it's a. Fine I think line. it's two. You need two things to make this work, and I think missing one of those things is where we get almost all of the bad performance that are either totally flat and uninteresting or like just like nothing's really going on and so it's you need two things one you need to absolutely unequivocally trust your actor right mm-hmm. you have to be able to just be like and I, I it's character work it's this thing where it's like before you ever roll yeah. i think you're sitting and you're every all your cast is here and you're talking so one-on-one with jennifer Connolly for like days like yeah. t- what tell me this and you know what you go and you think, like, how does this all relate? Come back with what you got for me. Je- William Hurt, you do the same thing. Yeah. You need, and you have to trust that they're doing that and trust that they understand who that character is. And then that's two... the pros, too, because they do that. That's the <laughs> second thing you need. Two, you need a top 
shelf yeah. actor. If you grab somebody, and there's there's obviously like great actors in like college oh, programs sure, sure. and shit, but if you just pull someone out of a college program and you throw them into Drive, and you're like, all right, all right, you're gonna be the main character in this crazy. You can fucking, tell. Yeah. You can spend all day being like, all right, now you have an internal turmoil, but you have it so fucking locked down that it expresses itself as dead eyes, but a smile that never touches your eyes, but expresses in the lips. I need you to, in a subtle body movement. You could walk them through the whole performance and it still wouldn't right. come out. Right, right. Close. Because there's something about there's something about these actors, Tom Hardy, well, the thing about it's, Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. It's those are those people, right? It's you always bring a bit of who you are into every performance. It just happens. People like Ryan Gosling, De Niro, the greats is because they're their human selves, them as people have there's that, something there. There's but... something there in them. Um, I figure my sister calls it. It's like the Elvis Presley factor or whatever, or shit, like the Jesus factor. And like, it's just there's something there that is unique that, that not everyone can do. Not every mm-hmm. actor has it at their disposal. I think you can train, and I it, think you can coach, yeah. and I think you can get people from up to a certain level. But at the end of the day, there's only going to be so many Ryan Goslings. There's only going to be so many Jennifer Connellys. And it's that vibe where people want to say, "Oh, it's the it factor. It's the thing." Kind of, but but not. But, but it's that's too it's too demeaning of a thing. One hundred percent. And it's the thing of like people saying, "Oh, I don't like Brad Pitt because he's because he's handsome. Like, he's only fam- Cruz is only famous because he's handsome." Right, right. No, they're not. Here's my. Here's, really I'm t- with. Yeah. I'm with. I I do agree that there are certain actors who have a spark that is. Uh, yeah. Unreplicatable. Yeah. But I'm also with Jeff because, like, these are the examples that always come to my mind, the ones that blow me away. Gary Oldman once played uh, Mozart. Mm-hmm. And Gary Oldman doesn't play piano, but he spent six months learning by mm-hmm. feel one of Mozart's most famous and complex piano pieces and then played it live on the day. Yeah. Not every actor is going to do that. Most actors are just going to go. I think that's what I meant too by that. So they, they have, those actors have it in them to put that kind of yeah, work in. Right. And Robert, the time and the budget. Yeah, and exactly. Well, yeah. that's, the, well, other that's the other part of it. A lot, right? of, that, hard, a lot of our top tier actors come from rich families, which we don't talk about on the show much, no, but that so is true. totally true. Because yeah. you, you have the time and... Yeah. It takes a lot of time to, to fucking just sit there and learn Mozart. It's like by well, Hemsworth has four four nutritionists, right. three trainers. Right. Like, there's a reason. Paul Rudd said uh, after one you of the look great, Carl. You look great. After I appreciate you, man. Thank you. <laughs> he wasn't digging. He knows he's beefed up. But Paul Rudd said after one of the Ant Man movies, they're like, "How'd you get ripped? Like, what's what are your health secrets for the, like the average Joe?" And he goes. The average Joe could never do this. this, It's impossible. Like, do you know how many hours a day I work out and I have people who just cook food for me all day long? The average Joe can't do this. So, like, don't put anything in your magazine about that. Like, why? Why would you? That's just a false... So great. So my my other two favorite examples of, like, actors that, that work so... But this is the other thing. Like, a lot of these actors not married or lots of failed marriages and i think part of it is the trade off of how much they of themselves they put into their performances tom <laughs> robert downey junior he memorizes a script to the point where he the can run-on. he can write the whole that. he can write the whole script out just by the first letter of every word that he has to say wow and if he looks through that lit this is the level of memorization that he's got if he flips to any page of that giant run on sequence of letters he wants to be able to point to a letter Figure out where it is in the thing and then start the script, start the line from that word on. Yep. So he'll just pick a letter and be like, that word is Apple or whatever, because that's how fucking tightly he knows the script, because that allows him to jump off of it and get back in. Tom Hardy is another favorite example of mine. Yeah. He went to he's a, all of these people went to school for acting, Correct. but he went and he said that he once spent 
months of this class where it was an acting class where they never said any lines. They would just they would have to embody a character so thoroughly and fully mm. that the viewer would know who the character was with oh, no like dialogue. A he said his wow. he said the example the example he used in the interview was a king. Wow. And he said if you're just in t-shirt and jeans and your sneakers and your hair is all fucked up and you just took a hit off your vape or whatever, you know. How do you go from that? What do you have to do to your body mm-hmm. and your eyes and your face and your shoulders, the spine? What do you put into your lips and the corners of your eyes that when you walk out on stage and they're looking at you, they all go, that's He's, a king. That's a king. <laughs> exactly. yeah. uh, can you tell? He doesn't have shit all over. And him. this is not a dig at, at like right. actors that don't do this because that's an insane amount of work. But if you want a Ryan Gosling in Drive, you need an actor that's going to do that. And yeah. that takes so much time and so much attention and so much effort. It doesn't hurt that. I mean, look, attractive is never going to hurt you. And of having course. like a little spark is never going to fucking hurt you. But you also have to like put in the six months and like the coffee and the like uh, don't have a girlfriend. And right, like right. there's a there's a cost to these people. And, and but the trade off they live for fucking ever right. and three people sit around and talk into microphones about how they've changed the way that they exactly. look at the world right. it's a cost it's a trade-off and it, do you want to be a legend or do you want to be a human you right know? and it does show that there's a um you know and women say it all the time to guys where they're like hey i'm not i don't i'm not you know like make me laugh is sexier than you know lifting muscles stuff. and it, but i do think it's true because like i still stand by that the sexiest character ever committed to film was gary oldman and dracula um, oh my god i'm so with you yeah and like all the like he's just so much power so and gravitas yo. that's a sexy that is the vampire se- movie uh, and, yes, and, and you're like gary oldman yes yeah yes, that was the one i've crossed of control. oceans and, of time to find oh you. my god uh, and it's just the it hair gives me chills. the glasses the yeah. wardrobe the power like everything yeah. you said yeah, yeah. Dude, you're right, though. Make them laugh. Make them breakfast. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Make them laugh. I stole it. It's Ralph Ralph Garman. I stole it. Max Original. I I thought it was. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Was that an episode of Hollywood Babylon or something? Oh, my God. It totally was. (laughs) So one other technician I'd like to bring um, kudos to in this movie. I can't wait to actually say my point. I I know. It's going to be so good. No, no. Let's keep sitting on it. Keep sitting on it. It's like the reveal at the end of the movie. Max's point is the editor um yeah. so especially if you watch it again and realize how cutty it is that this editor is like taking a three-hour movie and putting it into an hour and 40 some minutes dude uh, yeah and, and no no and layering it in a way that isn't disjointed you know what i mean they're you're basically getting this movie shot into your forehead through a rusty needle and and <laughs> but it, but it, but it just feels right and when, like when you think that the average cut is less than two seconds, and this movie is an hour and fifty-one minutes. Yeah. Think about what that means from an editing standpoint. It's crazy. Imagine put it put it. Imagine the timeline in your head. Right. No. The fucking shots. No. Man. Oh my god! And the fact that he does it, like you said earlier, like it feels like there's no cuts yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. That is like a magic trick. It is. It is. And and it's interesting because like the moments when there aren't cuts, when they sit on somebody for a while, really hits hard. And, yes. and I'm, I'm much more of a fan the opposite way, generally speaking. You know, let things sit. Don't I like cut that ref much, and long cut. I was just yeah. going to fucking say, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a Nicholas Winding Refn guy or Me- like a Gus Van Sant yeah. or a Tarantino. Yep. I just said it the other day. Like one of the things that you one thing I've always respect. I said it to John. One thing I've always respected with actors or with directors is just letting the camera roll and letting your actors work. Yep. You know, like you can't 
I, I now I'm like been proved wrong by Dark City, but I was like, no, right? But it's it is it's it's, it's not what is it the exception to the rule? The exception that proves, that proves the rule. The rule. Yeah. But it's but it's not. It's, it's just. But it is. It's it's kind of like um. It's kind of like somebody when you hear the rule and you say, hey, instead of saying no, fuck that, I'm going to break the rule. It's he didn't do that. He's like. He's like, okay, but what's underneath the rule? What actually makes that rule mean something? Okay, you're sitting on something meaningful and connected for a long time. You're not giving them disjointed ideas rapidly and that that counteract with each other. But what if I'm giving them lots of the same idea over and over again? It's like Kaya yeah. Scotsy, Kaya Scotsy, the um old. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's um. There's two of them. Philip Glass does the score, and it's a mo- it's a movie that is just images. There's no dialogue or anything. What and is it? Kai, if you type in. Uh, Kayana Scotsy, it's like K Y A A N A S Q I or something like that. It's it, you'll it'll come up <laughs> because it's the only thing spelled like that. Oh, fair. But it basically, I think the first, it, I think it translates to like um like like human life or the life in a day and it's this series of images of humanity across the world and it's just shots of everyday life but it's put together in such a way with a Philip Glass score Mm -hmm. that I cry every time I watch it and I'm like what is going on and that that's that kind of vibe where it's like I'm, I'm sitting on a point and I'm hitting you with images that change, but they only, but they, but they stay thematically correct and just make small shifts. I'm right. easing you off this path of the expected, and um, I don't know, man. It's just a really interesting vibe watching this movie and kind it of totally it, like you know. there's there's lessons that you can learn as a filmmaker, yeah. like from from this this film. He doesn't break any of the big ones, you know. He's mm. not like whip whipping the camera around no. like 190 degrees and shit. But like the fact that he, I like how you put that. What if I show them a bunch? of of the same idea yeah. over and over again. Like you think there, there's an, I think it's in Uncle Frank's place where he, where it's showing the clocks are all going off. Yeah. Or in like, it's like the second time they turn off the whole city. It's just like a wide of the clock, a close to the clock, a extreme close up of it hitting 12. And it's like over and over again. Right. And to, in my memory, it's one shot. Yep. But in real life, it's 12. <laughs> right. And, and, but it, and it fit, it hits weird. It's, it's, it's really fun. It's, a, it's fun. I th- like the, a, a word that always comes to, or that has been coming to mind over and over again is like atmosphere, vibe, a feel this, this movie, the crow too, like, mm-hmm. which we'll get to now, but like, um, like I think part of it, one, the entirely fabricated world, yeah. everything is a set, yeah. every single fucking thing everywhere is a set. So it all kind of feels just a little not real, mm-hmm. which it isn't. And also like the huge amount of cuts, like the huge amount of cuts create like a certain effect that you don't notice and see mm-hmm. because the editor is a genius, yeah. but you definitely feel it. It definitely creates a vibe, an atmosphere to the movie, and it leaves your brain feeling like a little fucky. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Man, That's it, a good point. So, um, but there there are, are also like traditional storytelling techniques in here, which my untrained eye didn't, I'm not seeing all of the cuts, but I was seeing oh. like tying colors from scene to scene. To I've scene. seen this movie 20 times. Yesterday was the first time I saw the cuts. It wow. was weird it, because I just had it's been years and so it was a fresh. And you're also new, watching so. it for a show that you're going to be talking right. about. Yeah, like, true. you do. I can't watch movies anymore. Yeah, we right. get I'm broken. Right. We get like we get gnarly with this sometimes. It'll be we'll like watch the movie and I'm like just not even for the show and I'll reach for my pen because oh, I funny. tuck it in my I tuck it in my collar as I'm watching. So I'll just be watching a movie with Bird and I'm like. 
But you guys have that. That's what makes your guys' show so magical is you guys are coming at it from a place of love. You're not coming at it like I'm going to write down everything wrong with this movie. No. You're coming at it from a I'm going to write down what I appreciate about it. I never this got movie. why people do sh- podcasts or do like shows to just they're do- small people who just want to tear something great down so they can feel a little bit better about this. I mean, I'm I'm definitely like too guilty of maybe like loving everything. I don't think so. Too much? I just no. love it all. Because you, you balance me out when sometimes I do poop in a movie's mouth. Like, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. I didn't poop in his mouth. No, was, not at all. pooped in his eye. A little bit. Well, that's why he has a constant pink eye. I'm going to, you guys keep going. Eyes. I hit the, yep. the water. All right. He's going to go do some push-ups. Jeff, I'm going <laughs> to. It's been 20 minutes. Now that Carl's finally not here, we yeah, can let get me to the f- point. Now we can finally talk about this point that I had. So there's, so it's back to the automat. Um, the cops stop him on the way out the door, but a sex worker who's been hanging out outside comes in and rescues him. Her mm-hmm. name is May. Yeah. But she's really just picking up a John because they kind of share like a moment on the street. Yeah. So she like leads him outside and walks him around down like down the street to her place. And as she's walking up the stairs, I I noticed immediately the framing of the shot, which is uh, John Murdoch is in the lower left, mm-hmm. kind of like mid center screen. And in the upper right is her window, which is a red, yeah. red lit room. Right. And the what we've previously seen or as like plot is he has possibly killed a prostitute. Right. So and it's still in him, right? That in, that that's been implanted in him. That's what he's thinking about this, right yeah. now. Like, am I gonna do this? Yeah. So visually, we've got John mid mid center, slightly lower left, with a red light in the upper corner, and mm-hmm. she says she turns back and says something like, "What are you afraid of?" And as she says it. We hear the snap of a, of a photograph being taken and a flash, and that's our our jump cut yeah. back to the hotel room. And now the way it's lit with the lamp falling on the floor, yeah. our light source is low, and that makes all the blood on the body of the sex worker who's in the foreground dead center, low left, yeah. exactly where John was yeah. before. So visually, we've now equated John with a dead prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. We've also moved the light of her room down visually to connect the scenes using that color red to equate the two women just and that's all done in like two second shots yeah i was fucking blown away by this because this (laughs) is the kind of stuff that i love where like people are are using like repeated colors throughout we were just talking about drive like when you see ryan gosling and he's always in like those blues and creams and whites and his car is blue like a light gray blue but then you get um Oh, I've forgotten her name already. God damn it. Um, but like the woman that he's interested yeah. in, you always see her in like reds and burgundies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her car is yeah. red and burgundy. The kitchen, which she's always in the background of, same colors. So they're like, they use color to tell the story. They use framing to tell the story. And it's and it, it seems, it's overwhelming, like maybe for, for young filmmakers or, or spring filmmakers to feel like this, but you don't have, it's not like every minute you have to do that. Right. You just have to find occasional moments. And so like you're saying like they, they, purposely made stack those images of John in the alley and the murder scene just do it once do it a couple times and people will talk about it on a podcast yeah yeah you know it really does reward you totally like I that's a good point to make like you it can feel overwhelming when you're watching a movie and you especially when you you find somebody who really gets finicky with it and likes to do shit like that and you see like example after example after example of it you're like Oh my god, how long did it take to right, storyboard right, this, dude? Right. They like laid out every single shot in the movie for like years to make this happen. But you're right, you don't have to do it 
every single second of every right. single You don't want movie. to. No. Only when it's important. You yeah, know what I mean? Re- I think like Refn is the most intimidating example because the way that that dude like builds a scene, yeah. it's mm. like every visual is a painting, you know, yeah. and it all means something and everything is tied to everything else. And it's all we're, what were you saying? Like everything is like a seed that will later. Oh, my God. It's like everything pays off. Everything right. pays every off. single the thing, thing this, pays the, off. The inverse of Chekhov's gun. in there. <laughs> yeah, there's like it's like the anti Chekhov like, machine this? gun. Like, they didn't even like like. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's about like Halloween. Chekhov's ammo box. Yeah. Dude. The opposite of Halloween ends where they will, will hold, <laughs> you guys, hold on a knife and zoom in on it for a moment. Just long enough so for you to know you're going to see it later. At home, this is the part where, where Max and Carl are going to have to work out some anger that they it's have about probably. another movie. Yeah, so go, just, get, go get no, your no. pop. Pop your popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, my God. We, uh, we won't get into it because we're going to no, get into it on Thursday fucking shit. morning. But. The number of times that you see Michael Myers' face reflected in another reflective surface just makes me want to <laughs> stick a needle in my head and implant a new memory. I'm going to call that movie Halloween, Chekhov's Myers. Chekhov's <laughs> Myers. Myers' gun. Myers' that, gun. That'd be the only thing that'd make that worse is if, like, Michael, I like, half expected cast, him to fucking, like, Just roll in with somebody, a shoddy and like just start that. blowing people away. <laughs> He almost does it. We're about point. halfway through their uh, their <laughs> therapy session. Don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll get back. <laughs> I like when Jeff narrates yeah. what's the internal the structure, internal of, the structure of the show. Um, the okay. veins on Max's forehead have reached maximum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish I had a blood pressure cuff. We could oh figure God. out like how much I can continue to talk exactly. about movies that I so don't funny. like, dude. You should. Well, been. we know until you throw your actual notes and that's, say "fuck it, I'm done talking about this movie" it. and turn the, the podcast off. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Only happened yeah. once. Die Hard Five. The movie, dude. You should have been there. It broke the show. You should have oh been God. there. I like. Fl- I was throwing shit around. That I like so left. Funny. I came back. That was a terrible That's movie. So um, let's talk about Shell Beach. Yes, please. I love Shell Beach. So. It, it all starts with the postcard, and yep. this is that. It's one of the first things we see, mm-hmm. right? And this is the cool. This is that cool, like ah, oh, we're watching a crime noir movie. See, Shell Beach. It's a pl- it's Friends a place. Of I- Carlotta, enemies of Carlotta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we should we should watch that again. Dead men don't wear plaid. I'll watch that anytime. Uh, but like, it's like the like the okay, Shell Beach. Here's our clue. He's just got to find a way to get there. Uh, he's just got to find a way to get there. Do you know mm-hmm. how to get there? Yeah, that, sure. You dude, go on that uh, fucking cab, the cab driver. ride. Oh my god, fucked me up, dude. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, he just cabby does. Or was know. it over on the? No, you go down Grand. You go down Grand. They know too. the yeah. shortcuts. And then I watch Collateral after this. I'm like, cabbies do know where. Cabbies fucking like, know everything. Uh, in- <laughs> yeah, like including how to roll a car and not get hurt and fire a gun. Correct. Um, but like, but like. That that little thing where it's like here's a breadcrumb, but it's a fucking breadcrumb he can't you can't he, grab onto. He's pulling thread, and it's like, and then right. that. Oh wait, no, here's the Shell Beach thread. No, what the fuck? Like, dude, the the number of clues that yeah. just like flutter away to Gossamer in his hands is so rad. Oh, go ahead. So no, and this is a very vulnerable thing I'm going to say, but I'm going to because this is a safe place. I'll you know I'll I'll put this out there is like. It, it, it captures this feeling that I've had since I was a kid, and and I don't know if this is universal or not. I feel like there's probably some French nay word for it that, <laughs> right. that, that, that encapsulates it. But basically, this feeling where like you go to bed and it's like two in the morning, you can't sleep, and you're like, oh my god, I understand the world, I understand God, I understand love for something. But Anabesis then you wake, and then, but no. then you wake up in the morning and you can't remember what exactly. it was. 
you can't remember what that solution was that was so clear to you six hours ago. And it's it's in this movie feels like it sits in that moment the whole time. Mm. I, that's it's just this that me and that's just me, you know, like no, projecting not, my thing. Though. But there's something about that. But and it's done so elegantly where it's like, oh yeah, Shell Beach. It's uh, and you're like, oh my god, that's that feeling. That's the thing. I just had this. Yet. Just had it. This yeah. is not something that I have, but I have. So here's here's where I get. I'm weird. I have those those moments and those feelings where I'm like, fuck, I totally get it. But I will literally get out of bed and turn the light on and get so my notebook smart. out and just pound it out. Will you say that? I always that? think that I'll get up and do it. But do you understand your notes later? Later on, I'll come back to it. Like, here's, here's the thing. I have notebooks full of shit and I'll flip through it. And it literally, but I embrace this a lot of time. It reads like a crazy person. Like Walensky. Yeah. yeah it you're, reads, you're the Walensky. It literally, some of it literally reads like fucking Because you lose Walensky. the context for the thought. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, okay. And then so, the thought on its own doesn't fucking make sense because you don't have the context anymore. You know what it is? Anymore. It's reverse deja vu. So here's so oh, deja. Psh, that hurt my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what <laughs> it. The, walk, walk me through that one real quick. Yeah, reverse deja vu. So so no one really knows a hundred percent what deja vu is, but the current theory in psychology is that deja vu is having an emo- uh, ha- having the an emotional response to a memory that doesn't exist. So you get Mm. into a situation, right? And even though you've never been there before and this has never happened, your brain has the same emotional connection to the moment as though it were a treasured memory. That's the best guess of what deja vu is. So you walk into a room you've never been in before and your brain basically like gives off a little weird squirt of chemicals that shouldn't have happened. And you have – it's like when a doctor's doing brain surgery, right? Mm, And you're just sitting there and they like poke the like – and they're like, hey, my feet feel wet. They don't. Yeah, right. They're just poking your Cookies. brain. So you walk, <laughs> right. in, you walk into a room you've never been in before and you get a little weird like squirt. chemical squirt for some reason. And you're like, I've been here before. And something oh, happened. So what was it? By reverse deja vu, I mean I've got all of the experience in front of me on the page. But I can't access the emotional state that led Fair to enough. it. That's what I mean by context. Now yeah. here's, that's the yeah. context that you're missing is now, that emotional state. Yeah. Now yeah. here's where I get. Yeah, that's why I said I knew what you meant. Yeah. I'm like reverse deja vu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is where I think you're like right about the like Wilinski thing where I really do feel like Wilinski. I've got all the answers sitting in front of me, but I can't figure out the what problem the that they're the answer exactly. to. You know what I mean? So, I've yeah, so it's and, like and maybe, the number 42, man. I got <laughs> the answer. I don't know what the question is. <laughs> and maybe that's the reason why I was so offended about your Kiefer Sutherland thing sure. is I think that that's the character I relate to is this guy from the outside who doesn't belong, but he's trying to save everybody, like by poking yeah. at their brains. Right. <laughs> and it's, no, and it's cool you know what I mean? troubling, Jeff. Please, ex- please explain. Oh, that's it. That's all I got. It was just that the, the real good so guy. Though. He's the Samwise Gamgee of this yeah, movie, I, and you're bashing him. I love how like <laughs> I don't care for Sam. I love that. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking love. Now the part where Jeff and Carl get in a fistfight. <laughs> All right, all right we're uh, we're entering the beginning of Jeff and Carl's fistfight. <laughs> right. I'll let you. I'll We've let worked the together know for almost five fight. years now, Jeff, and this is our first fight, so it's okay. Um, so here's how the way that I approach Shell Beach. I think in a weird way, I like that you said that because I think. Shell Beach functions in the film the way it probably functions for all of us. Shell Beach is what you want it to be. Yeah. That thing that you want and is there, but you can't get to get back to or you get to. That. No one knows how to get there. I mean, right. one yeah. of my yeah. I think the way that it's presented in the movie to John Murdoch is kind of like, and it sounds trite to say, but the movie does not make it this at all, but is is it's like that ch- childhood is like this perfect little 
this perfect little for some of us mm-hmm. this perfect little like encapsulated mm-hmm. moment when everything was simple and beautiful mm-hmm. and fun i mean i grew up in like the the woods in the up and it was like fairyland so big rapids in the 80s baby it was like not it's a bad place pretty and, and, red. <laughs> and yeah totally dude so like everything's great and people just give you shit yeah. but like what, there is a certain point where that you just can't get back there. No, right? it's not possible. It's not how life or time works. So Correct. it's like that could be Shell Beach. The way I look at Shell Beach is Shell Beach. I look at it as a lever of control from a Gnostic. That's perspective. what I look at it as too. Shell Beach. I wrote down is the paras the paradise. Mm, interesting. The paradise outside. Parasite. I know. Yeah. It's it's the paradise outside the hell. We all know it's there, and we'll get around to getting there someday. And and that trip's coming up next week. Only keeps getting put off. Keeps getting yeah. put off. Right. It's the it's the it's the carrot. Yeah, man. It's the it, so like in a in this idea of like Gnosticism, it's like, well, I'll see Paris one day, but I'm so busy with work right now. I'll see Paris next. Up maybe Paris. Next year, Rose, Rose and I will go on. Par- Rose has gotten sick. Oh, no. Well, yeah. that'll have to. And then you're 85 years old and you've worked your whole entire Paris. life and you never went to Paris. If you've never been to Paris, can you really be sure that Paris is there? No. Right. This is the. I know, dude. One of my one of my favorite. I mean, like from a Gnostic perspective, like sure, totally sure. one of my favorite ideas ever. And Bird and I were talking about it as soon as I finished Dark City as I'm like, how amazing is the idea that like I just finished watching Dark City and I look over at Bird and if implanted memories are real, if simulation theory is a genuine possibility, there is there is the very real possibility that the moment that I turn to Bird, having just watched Dark City, is the first moment I've ever existed. Yeah, fucking weird. Right now. Like, <laughs> right now is the first moment that we've ever existed. This podcast is, could possibly be the Those first. Those are my 2 a.m. in the morning thoughts. <laughs> and then I put on old episodes of fucking Doctor Who, and like, it's like I'm okay. Yeah. That's leave a little bit too dark. I'm like, let's go to sleep. Yeah. Just avoid the Cybermen, and you'll sleep just fine. Perfect. Or the Weeping Angels. Or the, yeah, maybe it's not the greatest Yeah, Doctor no, that was a terrible idea. Why would yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, I, just I watched this story about the most hellish. Yeah, actually, the new ones but, are pretty dark. Yeah. So here's a, and this is like the Matrix did this when you know where she's like, you know, uh, what what is it? She's like, what'll really, what'll really fr- would you what'll broken, really cook your noodle later? Really cook your noodle. But um, on this is like, okay, so Shelby or Paris, I'm never gonna get there. Or Shell Beach, I'm never gonna get there. Can it ever live up to the idea of Paris? Can it, is it maybe better to have the idea of Paris than to ever actually go? Right. And then, and are we missing our own personal Paris back home because we're spending so much time thinking about the one we want to get to and we're missing the one we're living? In, well, that you know? speaks to a we a, could a wealth of things that we, we do. Oh we could spin this. Co- I don't want to. I want to stay with right. the movie, yeah. but we could spin this conversation out into essentially like a discussion of. The internal structures of capitalism. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I was thinking, like just basic human relationships no, too. Sure. Like, I mean, but there again, like I, I immediately start thinking about an economic structure. You start thinking about interpersonal relationships. But it's all the same thing, but right? It's, it's all the, the same fucking it's, thing. It's all the same all together. fucking thing. It's, it's, fuck, it's the levers of control and the things that get in our way of realizing the very, very simple things that are the most important. Agree. You know what I mean? So, sitting at a table with three friends talking about a great movie. Hell yeah. Totally. Is going to be the high point of my month at least versus like wait till any, next week when we talk about yo jimbo yeah i know man I'm, I'm there but you know it is and and that's why i think 
sometimes the journey through the darkness, through the uncomfortable things, the the harder movies, it is you come out happier right. than if you're just sitting around listening to a song that you know is telling you everything is great. You right. know what I mean? And it's just like you know this. Yeah, it's it it makes us flip ourselves over a little bit. And this movie does it in a very loving and and gentle way. Like, For how dark and gritty yeah. and sometimes violent this is, it does have a lot of care and mm-hmm. love, like you said. Oh, it's, yeah. Oh, totally. It's, if it wasn't uh, for some of the like gruesome gore type stuff, this would be like not in content, but like it's like a labyrinth kind of. Very. Movie as well. I would put this up with any of that Jim Henson stuff. I think for this sure. has like, boobs and gore in it because it was the nineties. Yeah, I think that's yeah. some network. I love like, those elements know. and would never remove them. Yeah, but, not, <laughs> sure. no, no, but like no, I'm you no. could almost show this to to like kids. Oh yeah, I did. I showed it to my teenage boys. Like, yeah, but and, you're groovy. I know that's true. That's true. <laughs> you're but, a groovy but filmmaker, say, dad. Yeah, in some way, it's like you should show this to kids, right? But and it's like I remember when we watched. I remember when we watched Schindler's List in high school. And our teacher had to like figure out a way to edit out the boobs that were in it for like three seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and at, when it got there, like all of us kids were like, "You think we we just fucking watched twelve million people die? Do you think we yeah? Give a we don't give a shit yeah. about Areola? boobs. Yeah, but uh, but it, you know, but they had. You know, Aren't, isn't America fucking? It weird? is weird, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, showing kids movies. Um, I was hanging out. I mean, there is there nudity in it? I don't know. I was I was here one time playing guitar, and it was when we were still living with Alan and Aaron. And everybody rolled out, and I was left here alone with the with uh, uh, Aaron's nibblings. So it was like these three kids aged between like maybe like eight and thirteen, mm-hmm. and they were like they were. I'm like looking at them because I don't know what the fuck to do. Is I'm like, do you guys want to play guitar or like <laughs> right. smoke some weed? What do you, like, you want to do? do? What do, what do little humans. Do? And they were like, they were like, let's watch a movie. And I was like, oh, this I can do, dude. Yeah, rad. If you got, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. You're gonna fucking love it. It's video drum. No, I threw on I threw on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yo, that's not much better. Man. <laughs> I, that's like one step below. So I checked it, but like I know, having watched that movie many times, that aside from the dismembered human torso that's stuck on the crucifix right. at the beginning, there's really not any blood or gore in that movie. It's all like. It's all like dread and like shocking moments, but there's actually not that much blood. Everyone remembers it being a bloodbath. No, it's just loud. Yeah. It's and loud chaotic and it's chaotic, it happens, and yeah. it's the way that it's shot and the like, all the hand cam and the weird punch ins that makes it violent. The it is filmed violently. Right. It's actually not that violent, right. minus the really heinous dismembered the hook scene. Yeah. No, no, the I mean that's the remake. There's oh. not that much in Texas Chainsaw. I'm telling you, the, at the beginning, well, there's it's like seven. It's the movie Seven too. You almost see nothing. It's described, you know right? I mean? That's you right. You don't even see what's in the box. The most gro- that's yeah. The most grotesque thing in that movie is gluttony. Yeah, is that first yep. sequence. But anyway, I remember putting it on and like maybe like eight minutes in. It wasn't even the youngest one. He wanted to keep watching. I think it was the the eldest was like. No. <laughs> what if we, could you want to play guitar some more? I was like, yeah. um, and then it like clicked because I'm like, oh god, I only hang out with grown up people. Yeah, maybe you guys shouldn't be watching that yeah. soup stoop. But maybe you up. found the, the best way. The weird. best way you're like, all right, you guys said no to guitar, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. You know, and then, oh, you didn't eat your vegetables. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. You found the new. <laughs> this is why it's good. I'm not a parent. Be like, <laughs> now you finish your vegetables or, or Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> That's all for now. Don't worry. Tomorrow you'll wake up and. Part two will be there waiting for you in the feed. And you'll remember that yesterday you listened to a podcast that entertained the notion that your memories of yesterday might have been implanted today, only just now, in Medias Race. And you'll wonder whether you've been waiting at all. <laughs>